1: sports talk daily with
2: andrew hustler patterson and michael remus
3: hey what's up everyone hope you had a great weekend we're back to it on winnipeg sports talk daily andrew patterson michael remus and it is super bowl week. cannot wait for the big game on sunday in vegas Uh, Won't spend too much time on the big game today, though, because coming out of a weekend in which Sean Monaghan joined the Winnipeg Jets, we've got lots to talk about as the Jets get ready to uh, head out to Pittsburgh this afternoon and get back at it tomorrow against the Penguins, who, of course, will be here in Winnipeg on Saturday night for a big game on Hockey Night in Canada, welcoming uh, Sidney Crosby and the Pens. So um, lots of Pens Jets content this week for sure. Trip to Philly in between. But the focus today is going to be on the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets, number 23, Sean Monaghan, who skated with his teammates for the first time yesterday out at the Iceplex, did so again today, and now is uh, on the road with his new team, getting ready to uh, get back at it and continue their push for first place in the Central Division. Of course, the CFL free agency tampering uh, window is open as well, and that is going to mean... Probably a pretty nervous week for many, many Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. Jeff Hamilton is going to jump on. And it's a perfect day to have Hammer on because, listen, I do want to get to quite a bit of the hockey story. And I'll give uh, Hammer a ton of credit. If you recall last Monday, before the Lindholm trade happened, um, Hammer was speaking to the... Well, I mean, in his mind, the sense of urgency to get something done sooner as opposed to later. And in some ways, I think he was sort of foreshadowing where Vancouver was at, as well as some of the other teams, when it comes to a relatively scarce number of centres seemingly available on the market. Of course, Vancouver made the big push for Lindholm, and then shortly after, Sean Monahan became a member of the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll get into the Jets side of things with Hammer, and we'll also... Pick his brain on uh, what may be to come next week when CFL free agency officially begins, but we're already hearing about CFL players, members of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, listening to offers from other teams. And I think, as we all know, it could be very difficult to uh, bring the band back, at least as successfully as Kyle Walters and Wade Miller had done in previous incarnations of the uh, of the season. Listen, just before we bring in Michael Remus, shout out to everybody in chat. Thanks again and welcome to all the new WST listeners. A record-breaking day on Friday um, for the program. Just an absolutely massive show. We appreciate it and uh, great to see everyone here. Uh, that might be have just found us uh, recently. If you haven't already, though, make sure to hit that red subscribe button and uh, give a thumbs up to the episode while you're at it. If you are watching on YouTube after the original broadcast, don't hesitate to throw a comment in the comments as well. Um, Hey, just before we bring in Reem, got to thank the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet Canada, Princess Auto, the Winnipeg Jets, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Little Brown Jug, Royal Sports, and Boston Pizza, Sport Manitoba, brought to you by Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Modern Man Barbershop, Manitoba Battery, and the great taste of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey,
4: Canadian Club. Uh, Michael Remus, how was the weekend? It was great. Enjoyed the uh, all-star festivities on Friday night, watching Connor McDavid take it down and... I don't even know what I did Saturday, and yeah, yesterday was a weird Sunday. No, first Sunday in a while with no NFL, so that uh, was a bit strange. That's okay. Caught up on the Grammys, which I didn't think I would know any songs, but I certainly did. Uh, I don't know. New Curb Your Enthusiasm was yesterday. Not sure if you're uh, familiar with that one. I got to watch that tonight, but... Oh, I, I,
3: I hey, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Hey.
4: I'm feeling good, Huss. Ready uh, ready to get back. Um, a lot of excitement at the channel over the weekend, as you mentioned. Friday's show, record-breaking. Uh, concurrent viewers, 1260 we peaked at. And posted. I reposted the reaction of you and Marat talking about the trade. It was one of our most viewed videos ever, uh, over 11K right now. So uh, things are going uh, pretty good on our end. I'm looking forward to seeing the new-look Jets take the ice. Tomorrow in Pittsburgh.
3: Yeah, no, no uh, kidding. Well, as I said, we're going to hear plenty from uh, from um, uh, Sean Monahan. I can't wait to hear and uh, have uh, Bones' comments on his All Star uh, All Star experience. Um, we'll get to the All Stars in just a minute. Obviously, as we go live right now, at the same time, the London police are holding their news conference on the uh, five accused um, members of the 2018 World Junior Hockey Championship. Uh, I'm sure Jeff's on top of that as well. Um, so we will, um, uh, essentially, um, this is an update on the case. Uh, we understand that the discovery are being sent to the lawyers of all the accused. And, uh, the next step in this case is going to be on the 30th of April as scheduled right now. But, um, if there's any more information coming up, we'll have that for you a little bit later on in the show. Um, you mentioned Larry David and the Gram- and the, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I am looking forward to that. I did not watch a second of the Grammys, and that's probably not surprising to you, Reem, but I did hear that uh, Queen of the Chiefs' Kingdom won <laughs> Album of the Year yeah. again.
4: <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Definitely a sports tie-in uh, with Taylor Swift getting album and T. Will writing, Huss must be happy that Swift won Best Album. Everyone following the script. So we'll see Stop. how it goes. Well, no. here,
3: you want a script? Yeah, she's the one writing the script, folks, because yeah. okay. this is one stat. Here's a, here's a little Grammy stat for you. Taylor just won Album of the Year, her fourth win for Album of the Year. You know who else has four wins for separate albums in Album of the Year and Grammy history, Reem? Who? The answer is nobody. <laughs> it's Taylor Swift. She's now basically the Tom Brady of the Grammys. So, um, listen, every she seems to be winning a lot lately. Let's hope that she's got another win coming up on Sunday for the thing that I'm most uh, I'm most interested in. But um, hey, well, while we're talking about entertainment, we may as well quickly pivot to the All Star Game before we uh, sort of dive into all the uh, all the Jets content today. Um, I thought that overall the All Star Weekend was a big big win for the National Hockey League. Now, I didn't take in a lot of the three-on-three. You know, I was sort of paying attention. I watched a replay of one of the games a little later on because I was out and about in the car when uh, the uh, Hellebuck game versus uh, Bones was going on. But to me, the skills competition, and I said this on the program on Friday, how excited I was to see this new format. I thought Jeff Merrick today on his show did a great job of, Sort of framing what had happened. I mean, let's face it. The skills competition in the last few had been, frankly, embarrassing. And Merrick speculated that they sort of took the skills competition from the marketing people and gave it to the hockey ops people. And the skills competition that we saw on Friday night, and I did watch the entire thing from start to finish, was so much fun. And it was the best players in the league, with the exception of Dikita Kucherov, trying their best to win these separate events, and to get a chance to see McDavid win the fastest skater, going head to head with Barzal and Kale McCarr. Um, the stick handling events, the final event, the one on ones—it was it was great, and I, I, I think they've nailed it this time. And I know there won't be an All-Star game next year because of the uh, International Four Nations Cup or whatever they're going to call it that the NHL is putting on. But this has to be the format going forward. And and, and I think they got it so right, Reem, that you know, this will be something that these times, these events, everything can be compared to year over year over year um, in a way that I think is going to only be a huge boost for the All-Star game. And to be honest, I think that's the number one event of all-star weekend right now, the skills competition, at least the way it went off in Toronto this
4: weekend. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the skills competition. You know, growing up, I loved watching puck control relay, fastest skater, hardest shot, um, you know, uh, the accuracy, all that. I love watching, that. you know, still compare. They're still talking about Ray Bork. They're still showing Al McInnes and Al Afradi's numbers on the broadcast. And I think that's awesome. Um, as far as the event, I agree, it had gotten boring and had gotten away from what made it so great. And it was pretty clear the players weren't interested. And um, I like what they've done, making it a marquee event with only the best players. And I see people in chat saying, well, that's not all the players. I want to watch that. Well, I don't know. You watch the Home Run Derby and how many players are in that? Eight? So you try to make it a marquee event where players uh, who are, want to be in it. care. I see Sebastian Ajo saying he was mad that uh, they didn't pick him. And I should be mad if a guy's going to go in and not care or and, and not try. So, I, you know, you want to have the best on best. You want to have it be a, a competition where there's some suspense. I loved that obstacle course at the end. Uh, I think the players hate those little nets, though. But uh, I thought it was great, some great drama, great television. You want to see the best player win. And, you know, I Describing it to my dad who likes track and field, it's like a hockey decathlon. I don't know, you have a bunch of events, you get a point. It's great. So I'm I'm a fan of that. And the game, I don't know, the game's kind of an afterthought. It's like uh, second, you know, it's in the, in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. Like I'm not going to sit down and watch all of us. I see Kyle Connor on the ice, uh, Hellbuck, I mean, that's tough. Uh, I did like the addition of celebrity captains as well. Uh, wow. They had some big yes. superstars. Uh, big superstars uh, involved, you know, seeing all the players try to get their picture with Justin Bieber, Sportsnet, uh, putting out that video. That, that
3: was that was <laughs> hilarious. Bieber just st- stood there at center ice. Yeah. Um, the first one, <laughs> Helly was in there yeah. uh, with a couple of the other guys, and then they said, hey, thanks a lot. They dapped up, and then more guys would come in for a picture, and great. then more guys, and he was just standing there, Doing his uh, doing his thing, to to me the big winner of the weekend though was Tate McRae. Like a lot of people were, were not familiar with her work um, before this week, and now certainly are. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people where you would probably heard her songs before. You know, out at a bar or a restaurant or at the gym. Um, you know, or potentially on the radio if you if you listen to pop radio, um, but maybe weren't familiar with who it was. I mean, a 20 year old from Calgary that is, I mean, doing gajillions of streams on Spotify and whatnot. Um, And she, uh, I mean, she was a big hit. And that performance that she did uh, at halftime of the All-Star break was, I mean, that was big league. That was a big league performance. It was big league production. Um, It was a big, big hit for the National Hockey League. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But Reem, and maybe if you want, you can grab my Twitter from last night. Like, the best part of having, you know, this young uh, female that's kind of taken over the, the music world as, the, uh, <laughs> as a celebrity coach was the fact that we got the most unlikely coaching combo in NHL history... In none other than Tate McRae and our own Rick Bonus on the bench. Here you go for those of you that are with us on YouTube. Here's Tate and Bones doing their thing on the sideline. I mean, if that's not an odd couple, I don't know what is. But uh, both of them, big smiles on their face, having some fun. It probably didn't like, I don't know whether it was coaching that came into that big comeback by McDavid's team, scoring the two goals with the goalie pulled and then losing in the shootout. Um, but great to see her out there, and obviously for everyone here in Winnipeg, and I think just hockey folks in general, to see Bones being able to uh, get her on the bench, be recognized as an all-star, um, which, of course, is a team victory. Um well, we'll hear from Bones in a minute, but I think it was a pretty great weekend for Rick as well. But the Tate and Bones photos, I don't know if that's ever going to be top from the All Star game.
4: Yeah, and I like how, you know, we've seen what Star Power has done for the NFL with uh, Taylor Swift, uh, you know, bringing a lot of attention. I have all these Tate McRae fan accounts popping up on my feed, following her every move at the game. And if that brings more attention to the NHL, it's great. And, Certainly learn very talented had a great, as you said, how many fa- times have you been searching her? I haven't. Been, I've been, I don't know. I've, it's come up you on my, feet. the algorithm works, folks. My feed over the weekend has been like, uh, <laughs> this comedian, uh, Shane Gillis, who's hosting SNL. Oh my God. Upcoming. I was going to send you that. I, <coughs> I've seen some wild stuff. I don't know how it, how it, <laughs> no, that was my feed on the weekend. Tate McCray and Shane, Shane Gillis, but, um, Yeah, as far as, one thing for sure, you know, we kind of dumped up, first of all, I dumped on the jerseys, which actually weren't that bad, and uh, well done on picking four different colors that are contrasting, because, you know, they're not switching, but um, Toronto, we were like, oh, it's not in a hot city, it's not going to be bad, the buzz in Toronto uh, seemed pretty incredible, and they brought a lot of uh, celebrities as well, like, uh, who the rated R superstar, (laughs) Adam Copeland, formerly known as Edge. Uh, Trish Stratus there uh, you know, in terms of wrestling. But, you know, uh, Will Arnett, Justin Bieber. I mean, these are international stars uh, coming in. And, you know, the interview with Will Arnett during the game where he just seems so, like, fired up to be there, be behind uh, Connor McDavid. And, you know, we know Michael Bublé was also flying high all weekend just being at the All-Star <laughs> game and the yep. excitement excitement there. So. One way to put it. Yeah, so I think it was it was well done. So showed to Toronto. It seemed like they had a lot of great events, and we've dumped on the All Star Game for a while, but I, maybe because you no know, was you couldn't just be on the beach the whole time. Uh, there was more focus on all the events, and everyone seemed to be bringing it. So uh, it, was, it was great. Um, and I can't believe we're saying that about an all an All Star Game. Usually we're just dumping all over, but this was a huge success.
3: Yeah, no, listen, uh, uh, to me, it started off with the skills competition. That was the most important thing as far as, like, I think for hockey fans to really get something out of it. Um, But you're right. You know who did, unfortunately, through no fault of his own, uh, probably had a really, really rough weekend? Cole Sillinger of the Blue Jackets. (laughs) In that, (laughs) I, I saw on Saturday Cole Sillinger was trending, and I'm like, why... Why would Cole Sillinger be trending? Well, unfortunately for Cole, uh, I guess Tate McRae is his ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And one of her big hits is something, uh, Kisses for My Exes or something like that. But for her to be taking over and be in a lot of ways the star of the show at the NHL All-Star Game, uh, while being an ex of a former NHL player that has had a great start to his career, probably a little way from the all-star game. I'm like, how in the world could Cole Sillinger be trending? And then I clicked on it and then realized that, uh, that poor guy should have just been staying away from social media for a few days. Hopefully he was somewhere nice and warm and not paying attention. Um, because I'm sure there was, uh, (laughs) I'm sure that would have been tough time to see his name trending just because he may very well have been some of the subject matter in the hits that the NHL's prime performer was doling out in between games at the all-star game.
4: Yeah. I saw that too. And yeah, learning a lot about NHL players and their past <laughs> relationships. Doug so. Phil Savage moved by the NHL NHL
3: pH and file a grievance against McRae.
4: No, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, look, and then I see comment here from uh, Rex. He says, "I'm not a fan of the game outside of the skills." I thing. I mean, it's an exhibition; it's a fun thing. I mean, it is the game is going to be whatever. The skills, I, I actually en- enjoyed the skills, and I hope they make it a you know a thing that players take seriously. It seemed like most of them did, and they actually put them to work. Some of those, those one with the goalie, those guys were huffing at the end, yeah. and that obstacle course too. Uh, I think that was a tough one, uh, so I liked it, and I hope that it continues. And you know, have some guys—we get to see some actual skills being showed off because I don't think that was the case in the last couple of years.
3: No, no, no. The last one was a waste of time. It actually became embarrassing at a certain point. Like no one cares about uh, doing a breakaway and like giving this mini stick to your three-year-old kid and having them score on a goalie. I mean, it was almost insulting at times. Yeah. You're know, like, oh, great, you're going to put on macho man glasses and a cowboy hat and score. I mean, who cares? This was actually measuring the best players in the world and some things that people actually cared about and it ended up being a big win. Even better, if you were watching the show on Friday or the lock shop and got on McDavid at 6-1 to one to win the whole thing and 5-1 to one to win the stick handling competition. So while there wasn't many things to wager on, it was a nice weekend in the lock shop for... Mm-hmm. Uh, Going hard on the uh, on the Connor McDavid props.
4: Yeah, Jackie wants to give a shout out to the PWHL showcase, which had a huge crowd there. That was Thursday yes. after, which was awesome after the you were kind of put to sleep by the draft. So, uh, shout out to the ladies for bringing it uh, Thursday and, night. And just speaking of that, actually,
3: I was at a uh, uh, yesterday afternoon. Got together with a bunch of friends for a little cornhole tourney, which was an ab- which which was a blast. Um, but without. Really, I mean, there was no football on, the NHL was off, uh, the golf wasn't happening. Um, we had the PWHL up on the TVs, and there was a couple awesome games yesterday. Feel bad for the Ottawa team. They were up 3 nothing with five minutes to go, and New York stormed back with three straight goals and then won it in OT. Um, but it is just awesome to see the um, response for that league so far. And I think I mentioned last week, there's a big game going to be played between the Toronto team and the Montreal team. They're doing it at Scotiabank Arena. They put tickets on sale last week and they sold over 18,000 in an hour. Um, so I know there's a lot of doubters. There was a lot of naysayers about this. Um, listen, the women are getting it done. They've got some great support right now. And it is great for the sport of hockey. And yeah, to your point, Remus, that certainly was a real nice addition to the All-Star Weekend. Um, all right, listen, we're going to get to some, you know, I think maybe we'll do bones first just to kind of wrap the All-Star portion of it, um, but then dive into some uh, audio and video of the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets, Sean Monahan, as well as the Jets' number one center, Mark Scheifele, who would missed the last six games heading into uh, the break. Um, but do want to mention to you, we just got an update uh, on the Whiskey Fest event that we're doing with our friends at Canadian Club and the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame, I think there's about four tickets left, guys. So if you do want to join us on November 29th, the Thursday, uh, it's going to be a combo whiskey tasting event um, with the it's the Canadian Whiskey Masterclass. And uh, the Canadian club ambassador for 36 years is going to be coming in. We'll be trying whiskeys. They'll be telling us all about them. We'll we'll learn as well as enjoy. Um, and then we're going to be watching the game. We are going to have a big screen up uh, in the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame with sound. We'll do a bunch of it before puck drop at 7 o'clock. We'll do some more at the intermission and then hang around and uh, watch the rest of the game, presumably, if people want to do that. So, Tickets right now, 50 bucks there. I believe there's four left. Uh, I got a note. I think we had 30. There was 26 of them. We may be able to get a few extra tickets, but if you haven't already, there's a link in the description. Or if you go to, if you're listening to the podcast, go to winnipegsportstalk.com, click on whiskey, and then get those tickets for the event before they are full. It's not a massive space so uh love to have you all join us, but uh, obviously there is a limited amount of tickets and a uh, shout out to everyone that jumped on them. Looking forward to seeing you there uh, with our friends at Canadian Club, uh, also the official sponsor of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And as I mentioned, we'll get to bomber stuff a little bit later. Um, Got to congratulate our friends at Manitoba Battery. They are getting ready to open up their second location in Winnipeg over on Dovercourt in the south side of the city. Uh, you know Manitoba Battery is the place for the best batteries in town at the lowest prices, period. Beating the pants off the big box stores with the best service in town because they'll deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg with any purchase over 60 bucks. So while we wait for grand opening specials and sale information on the official grand opening of location number two, in the meantime, for all your battery needs, go to manitobabattery.com. Or give them a call at 783-8787 at the OG location over at 1026 Logan Avenue. And, uh, hey, fellas, if you need to uh, be looking good in the next few weeks or just need a, a touch-up on the dome, get on down to Modern Man Barber Shops. Conveniently located somewhere near you with eight locations in town, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services for you, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow on Instagram as well at Modern Man Barbershops. And just before we get to uh, some, uh, some Jets audio, and we'll start off with Bones on his All Star Experience. Don't forget the Jets are back on Saturday. Two quick road games, Tuesday and Thursday. And then what a way to welcome the team back and welcome Sean Monahan to Winnipeg against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday night. Go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets if you haven't already got your seats for Saturday. And don't forget about the Valentine's Day game against the San Jose Sharks next week. And then, of course, the visit of the Minnesota Wild on February 20th. Lots of unfinished business between these two teams heading into that one. WinnipegJets.com slash tickets while you're there. Check out options for smaller packages or get back into season tickets in time to reserve your playoff tickets ahead of the general public. Um, All right, Rick Bonus finally got to go and be a part of the All-Star experience. We showed he and Tate McRae holding it down on the Team McKinnon bench. Here's what Bones had to say about uh, being an all-star for the first time in his lengthy NHL career.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Uh, actually, listen, it was a great couple of days for me because I brought all the kids in and the family was together for the whole time. So we really enjoyed that. But really, the coaches go there. Uh, we're not involved with the draft, nor should we be. We're not involved with the skills, nor should we be. Uh, we just say, you three go change for those three, and just say, stay out of their way. But it's all about the players, and as it should be. And that's we're just there to uh, again, it's recognizing the, the the work of the organization is done it was fun uh and it's but it's time to move on and get ready for the, the next part of the season
3: all right so there's bones had a good time and, and I'll tell you what um you know we kind of talked about the star power of that Tate McRae I'm not sure how old bones's grandkids are um but I'll tell you what there was probably a lot of teens and um younger adults that were pretty jealous uh of bones's coaching partner um in the game um but that being said Listen, for Kyle Connor, Connor Hellebach, and Bones, a great fun weekend. But as Bones just mentioned, Rima, it's now back to work. And it was back to work yesterday afternoon as well as this morning before heading out to Pittsburgh.
4: Yeah, he said you started off saying, oh, yeah, he was fully recovered from the weekend. And I think it's nice gathering a lot of people on hockey. And, you know, you mentioned Tay McCray, Justin Bieber. I'm sure, I, well, we know the players were excited. They are all taking pictures with him. That's funny. Joey Votto. Of the Cincinnati Reds, although is he a free agent right now? I don't. Uh, the form, the, so. the baseball player. I mean, he went in on his Instagram, took a picture with every mascot there. Uh, Canadian first baseman. Joe
3: Votto's the best. So
4: a lot. He is so out there, he is so out there, and I love it. So there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. I think for everyone, uh, all weekend there in Toronto, a lot of different things. So uh, I think it was a great event, and again, we dumped on Toronto uh, having in a cold weather city, but. Was seemed to be uh, well done, and Toronto was super hyped for everything there. But as you yeah, said, no, yeah, you're saying no doubt.
3: Uh, well, I was just gonna say, hey, great experience for everyone. But uh, time to get back to yeah. work, and uh, time to hear from Bones on the work that his general manager did while he was in uh, while he was in Toronto representing the Jets at the All Star Game, acquiring Sean Monahan. Here's what Bones had to say about the deal.
1: And we're thrilled to get that for that trade like uh Sean's gonna be a big piece for this team moving forward uh it's a, he's a great fit for us from everything we hear and checked on him, his character's work habits being a really good teammate, so he'll fit right into the culture that we've created here and uh yeah we're we're thrilled to have him
3: All right, so there's bones on Monahan. Um, He expanded a little bit more on what Sean Monaghan brings to the Winnipeg Jets, discussing uh, his ability in the faceoff circle, which you know is important to Bones, as well as his ability to maybe help spark this Jets power play.
1: Faceoffs offs uh, on uh, your specialty teams are huge, right? When the PK and the face-off and it's down the ice, uh, if you lose a face-off on the power play, you're wasting 30, 40 seconds to go get it. So faceoffs are important. Uh, he's really strong on that left side, so we're going to use him in those situations.
5: In the bumper position too, Rick, see so you put him right in his familiar spots? Yeah,
1: right? he's, he's very comfortable there. And all the, the scouting we've done on him and heard about him, he's very good in that bumper position. So again, uh, on that left side, he'll be taking the face-off, the right side mark, will be taking it uh, we, we like to look of what it today and again it's going to need a couple it's going to be a couple of games give them a chance to to get the chemistry together and learn to read off of each other because everyone has their own little habits every little movements and uh, it's sometimes it takes a couple of games and that's what we're going to be willing to give them
3: all right there's uh, a bones on uh, you know some of the things that they're looking to improve on with Monahan in the lineup um well with monahan going in between nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti, and the return of Mark Scheifele, that means Vlad Domestikov's moving back down the lineup, um, presumably where he started the year, in the in the middle of that fourth line. Um, but what can you say about what Vlad has done for the Winnipeg Jets this year in so many different positions and roles? Uh, Bones talked about his conversation with Vlad uh, about the acquisition of Monaghan and moving him down the lineup.
1: Well, we had that talk this morning, and listen, Vladdy's all in. And he, he, Vladdy was the first to say he makes us a better team. We're all here to win the Stanley Cup, so if he gives, if, he's, if he improves our chances, then Vladdy's all in. If you got to remember the start of the season, he started on the fourth line as well, and we, we made sure he gets the minutes on the penalty kill, and we keep his minutes up. He's he, listen, he's versatile. He can play left wing in situations, play center, kill penalties, play power play, and that's what we love about him. And but he's again, he's a great teammate and he, we had a good talk about that this morning and he's all in, there's no issues there whatsoever
3: High praise for Vlad Domettikov uh, on the ice as well as off the ice as a teammate and um, hey, that's what you want to hear guys are all in, handling different roles with the uh, combined goal of being a better hockey team right now um, but Bones expanded a little bit about where Monhan is going to play and that as we mentioned is in between Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti
1: now we, we, uh, yeah, we talked about that, but we, that's clear to the spot we want to give him a good look at. We're bringing him into play, right? So you know Adam's line, you know Mark's line, so what's left is that line. We've got to give him his minutes. We've got to give him a really good chance to help our hockey club as much as he can, and that's the slot. That's the way we're going to slide him in, and again, that'll need a couple of games to get some chemistry, but uh, again, we, we feel very confident with him going in there and that he's going to do a really good job for us.
3: So there's uh, Rick bonus, And, uh, you know, Reem, like on this show, I haven't hammered too much about ice time of particular players because honestly, I think it's sort of hard to do when the team has been winning at the rate that they have been. Um, but we can't ignore the fact that it has seemed at times like Cole Perfetti's capable of playing more minutes and, and Nikolai Ehlers with what he brings to the table, you want to get him out there. I do have the feeling that with the addition of Monaghan, the resources they put into acquiring Monahan, um, folks of the Perfetti lobby and the Ehlers lobby, I think, might be pleased with what this does to the amount of time that
4: those players are on the ice, meaning a bit of an uptick in uh, five on five. Yeah, I'm looking at Cole Perfetti's game log minutes. He's got what 14:56 in the last game, but you know he's usually having around the thirteens. There's an eleven in there, um, you know, maxing what 16:07 and Look, you look at the points, Huss, his points. He's I think fourth on the team in points right now. So even without getting those huge minutes, uh, he's producing. Oh, sorry, he gets bumped down to fifth now that now that Monahan uh, is on the team. Monahan's got thirty five and forty nine. Perfetti uh, thirty and forty seven. Hey, could Monahan play more than eighty two games uh, this year if he plays? If he plays all of them. Well, does he have more games played than the Jets have played so far? He's played forty nine games. The Jets have played forty seven. Oh, he can play eighty four. He can play eighty four. That's kind of crazy. Maybe they'll rest <laughs> him for the, for the last game of the season. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but yeah, Perfetti. I think. Look, they have a second line center a guy they can trust now. And draws. They've already put him on, uh, you know, on the top power play as well. So let's see what they can do. And uh, if those guys are a benefit, you know. Benefiting from him being on the team, I think that's great as well. And we, I agree, we've seen Ehlers and Profetti at times with lower minutes. And sometimes, you know, we keep calling them the second line, but you go by minutes, the Lowry line is actually the second line. So I'm curious to see how this is going to shake out and if these lines stick together. Cause we had that period where we went like uh, so there was like a month where they didn't even change the lines. And they've had a lot of injuries lately, Shifley out. Uh, Connor's out and you know, they had to shuffle them a bit especially with the Shifley injury so maybe they get back to some stability here now that you're coming back from the break and you know Shifley's was, you know, regular jersey he seems good to go and everyone's back so it should be exciting here as we get going tomorrow night in Pittsburgh
3: yeah you mentioned that power play um, you know we kind of said what the lines are I think we know it's Connor Shifley Velarde Monahan's now in between Ehlers and Perfetti Nino Appleton and Lowry and now it's Nemetsnikov in between in between Ayafalo and Barron. Um, I guess there is the potential. Um, you know, obviously there's some extra players. There's activations. We could see a couple jets go on waivers. We'll cover that as we get closer to tomorrow's game. But this is how the power play looks right now. Um, as Michael just mentioned, Monahan's going onto that top power play unit. It's going to be Velardi. Shifley, Monaghan, Connor, and Morrissey. And then the two line is going to be Nino, Pionk, Perfetti, Ehlers, and Nate Schmidt going into tomorrow night's game. And uh, I think we all know the way the team's played at five on five. They could just, I mean, regardless of what's happened so far this season, if for the rest of the year, the jet power play could get just into the middle of the league, um, I think you'd see some major benefits in the standings and maybe win a couple more games because uh, that has been a bit of an issue for the Winnipeg Jets this year, despite how well everything has gone on. Uh, but let's hear from the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets, Sean Monahan. We were all talking about him on Friday's record-breaking show. He got to the peg on the weekend and uh, met the media for the first time, and uh, here's what he had to say about the trade to Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of sunk in right away. I mean, a lot of messages from, obviously, teammates and uh, calls from throughout the organization. So I think uh, great people uh, and obviously a great place to play. When Elias went to Vancouver, uh, did you kind of have the spidey senses uh, tingling that uh, something might be happening your way? Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't sure. And uh, I mean, I woke up to a few messages from an agent, and uh, next thing I know, I was traded. So I think... I was expecting to be moved and uh, was, was ready for it. So I think uh, coming to Winnipeg is is really exciting. Great team and like I said, a lot of great people.
3: All right, there's Sean Monahan uh, on the on the trade. This is these are always funny questions. Uh, Sean was asked where he was when he found out.
0: Yeah, I was in Palm Beach. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was early in the morning. I got a got a text, <laughs> made a phone call, and then kind of just waited. And uh, yeah, it all went down.
5: Hockey world is a
0: small one. Uh, in terms of
5: guys on the Jets, uh, would there be some players that you have some kind of history with, whether it's working out in the off-season or just know a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've skated with, uh, I've skated with Perfetti a few times in the summer. Uh, I know Shaif, played against him a ton throughout junior and obviously in the NHL. And, uh I mean, other than that, it's. I mean, you're just kind of familiar with guys just playing against them. I mean, you're in the league long enough where you have that uh, that respect for other players, and uh, I mean, you watch a lot of hockey as a player, so I think uh, starting to starting to get to know the guys here. All right, more from the newest
3: member of the Winnipeg Jets, Sean Monahan, who spoke after practice um, yesterday and today. Uh, Monahan moving into a pretty nice spot with two very talented players, and Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti. Uh, Here's Monaghan on getting the opportunity to uh, be in the middle of line two with 27 and 91.
0: Both special players, uh, really smart. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you get a few touches today, and uh, you're excited to see what comes from that.
1: We're playing against the uh, Jazz a couple of
2: times this season already, Sean. Now, what are your impressions, of especially the defensive structure and posture that Bones has in place
5: that is making this team the best defensive club in the league this year?
0: Yeah, no, they play hard. And, I mean, when you when you play with the structure and, uh, I mean, the little details of the game, it's, uh, it's hard to beat teams like that. So, I mean, I'm real happy to be a part of one.
3: All right, Sean Monaghan. Um... He'll also be in, as we mentioned. We just rolled out the power play uh, units. Um, he'll be playing the bumper on the power play. Here's uh, Monahan on what he can bring to a unit that has struggled so far this year.
0: It's pretty. It's it's good for me. I mean, it's uh, just there to get comfortable back in the bumper there in Montreal. So I mean, when you're feeling good and you have that confidence with uh, touches, and obviously surrounded by great players on that power play, you want to get them the puck and be uh, able to relieve pressure. That's something I've done kind of my whole career. We'll
3: be paying close attention to how that power play looks beginning tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Penguins. More from Monaghan. Um, and, and this is a question on, I think he knew that there was a likelihood that he would be moved. Certainly we'd heard a lot about that. His trades don't often happen as early as they did. First, the Monaghan and Kelly Moore asked him if he thought that maybe something would be happening. Wasn't necessarily the case. But now that it has, uh, the trade has been made, here's his thoughts on... Uh, Getting more than an extra month with his new team and coming at early February as opposed to at the March deadline.
0: Yeah, no, it's huge. I think. I mean, you get traded closer to March, it flies by, and next thing you know, the playoffs are starting. So I mean, gets another city, uh, get comfortable, move into a, a place, and uh, make it feel like home. So I mean, guys have already been doing that for me here, but uh, yeah, I think it uh, it goes a long way being here earlier.
5: One of the ongoing, I guess, frustrations with the Jets this year has been the state of the power play as good as everything else has been going, that's somewhere that you've had a lot of success and looks like you're gonna jump right into that top unit. Um, what can what do you think you can bring to the power play and with the talent that this group has, do you think it's just a matter of time before it starts to click? Yeah, I think so. I mean,
0: I've been here one day and I mean, you gotta earn the right to, to be on the power play with how you're playing, but uh, I mean, I've played in the bumper my whole career basically and uh, it's uh, it's a spot I'm real comfortable and familiar with. and. I mean, today I was there, and, I mean, you got Kyle Connor on one side and Scheife on the other. It's uh, two, uh, two real big weapons.
3: All right, and, um, you know, this is another interesting one. I mean, listen, Sean Monaghan's a veteran. Uh, he uh, has been dealt once before to the Montreal Canadiens, although in a very different, uh, different scenario, I would suggest. Uh, but I uh, was just asked if he'll, he'll be nervous to uh, get into the lineup on Tuesday night in Pittsburgh with his new club.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was today. This is the most nervous I've been for a practice in a long time. I mean, you're you're coming, meeting new people, coming to a new new facility and get to know everything. So, I mean, driving here, I was nervous. And uh, even before I stepped on the ice, I was nervous. So I think to to still have that, that's a good feeling. And uh, like I said, it's it's a great place to play. I mean, I loved uh, every time I played in Winnipeg and the excitement and being a Canadian kid playing in the Canadian market.
5: I was going to ask about that. You're, you're kind of doing the tour of Canada here, right? I yeah. mean, starting Calgary and Montreal. You know the, the, the passion, I guess, in Canadian markets. So what's it like to join Winnipeg in the stretch drive, you know, a push for the playoffs, and, and what might come of that?
0: Yeah, no, it's special. I mean, as a as a player, all you want to do is have a chance to play in the playoffs. And I think uh, you going to have a good chance here. And, I mean, try and push and go far on a good run. So, I mean... And, and playing in a Canadian market doing that, it makes it that much more special.
3: All right, one more clip from Monaghan, and this, uh, I'm sure, will be uh, music to Bones' ears. He's been looking for a guy that can um, do a better job in the face-off circle. He got one in Monaghan. Here's Sean on uh, his ability in the dot.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I take pride in it. It's, uh, I mean, as a centerman, you, you want to start with the puck. So, I mean, I don't know exactly how I'll be played or used or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, any time I'm taking a face off I'm trying to win it. So, that, uh, that's where my mindset's at. Have you been told if you can get power, uh, penalty-killing duties as well? Yeah, I'm not sure yet. I mean, it's, uh, it's a possibility for sure. I mean, you gotta, you got to earn the right to, to do all those things.
3: All right, so there's the newest member of the Winnipeg Jets, Sean Monaghan. The team uh, probably up in the air right about now heading to Pittsburgh to uh, resume their season tomorrow against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mike McIntyre of the Free Press will join us tomorrow from Pittsburgh to uh, set the scene for Monaghan's debut in Pittsburgh tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Just looking right now, right? Like 600 people in the chat. If you haven't already, folks, hit that thumbs up and welcome to everybody new that's finding us. If you haven't already, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button. We're here every Monday to Friday, live at 1 p.m. Central. Podcast available right after the show. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk wherever you get your favorite pods and and, uh, subscribe there as well. And uh, join us on YouTube whenever you can. Or, of course, afterwards, And if you do, leave a comment. Um, Jeff Hamilton from The Freep is going to join us. Uh, We're going to get to CFL Free Agency. Um, but also this Jets news, because if you remember last Monday, uh, Hammer was sort of on the level of urgency, not just here in Winnipeg, but around the league for some of these centers, and we all saw what happens. But as we get into, we'll do some extensive bomber convo and all of our bomber reports brought to you by Princess Auto, the proud new sponsor of the home of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Princess Auto Stadium. Princess Auto, of course, is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them in-store on either Panit Road or Portage Avenue West. Or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Proudly headquartered right here in Winnipeg. Princess Auto. Uh, proud sponsor of WST as well. Um, our friends at Wallace & Wallace are busy right now. And I know in the summer, you see their fences and their trucks all over the city. We're the fencing experts, also the overhead door experts in town since 1946. Um, Right now, while it's still quite balmy for this time of year, uh, winter is the time that puts the most stress on your garage door. And the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Give Wallace & Wallace a call for your in, uh, maintenance and inspection service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. That is Wallace and Wallace. And uh, just before we bring in Hammer, shout out to our friends at F Apparel. Did a great job getting our boy Connor all suited up on Friday afternoon. Guys, if you're uh, looking in your closet and you need to up your menswear game, Head on down to F at 190 Smith Street downtown. They've got custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories to make you look great. Uh, if you are getting married or in a wedding party, make sure to talk to them about a 15% discount when the wedding party gets their suits at F Apparel. And uh again you can find out more online or make an appointment to pop in and see him at F. That's EPH dot com and uh just about a nine iron from the arena located at 190 Smith Street downtown. All right, let's get the hammer in here. Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press with a Monday visit on WST Hammer, what's up? How was your weekend?
2: It was a good weekend, man. I um you know the weather was certainly cooperative. I uh I got another year older. My birthday yesterday i was about so to get, say happy to you, birthday you're uh did you get staring the down the barrel of 40 bottle, at 38 years service, old
3: service champagne room on the weekend what uh how, how did you celebrate
2: oh yeah x-rated obviously i only have two this it was this birthday and next birthday that's all i have left right so you know that's of over. course i i drain drain the small bank account and uh and use it on things i couldn't take home with me so there you <laughs> go it's, uh but no it was a good weekend i was pretty quiet pretty quiet but the weather was nice
3: hey uh it's not gonna be quiet this week in the c f l and we will get to that in a minute um but first off, let's just kind of keep rolling with the the jets con- uh convo mm. uh it was a week ago you came on, and you know more so than I think anyone would talk- had we'd talked to recently had been talking about the urgency for not just the jets but some of these other teams in a market for a very scarce number of centers on the market uh it might be time to move sooner as opposed to later, uh, it was quite prophetic because Vancouver made the big push for Lindholm, and then just a day later or so, Winnipeg making the move for Sean Monahan.
2: Yeah, I'd kind of heard rumblings about Lindholm, you know, deals heat deal heating up, you know, or, or action heating up, and that kind of was my point about, you know, when we chatted last week, Cuss was that the the offers, like the the teams were starting to get involved. You know, they were starting to realize the benefits. You know, it's not like they didn't it's not like it's new, the benefits of getting a player before the the trade deadline. Um, but it just I kept hearing the Lindholm stuff. And then I had heard the Jets circled back on Monaghan Because I think these teams, and you heard it from their their press conference, you know, you call these teams, whether it was Calgary or or uh you know, Calgary certainly got a got got exactly what they were asking for. But but Montreal was looking, you know, it's ironic. People are seemingly upset about the first round pick. Another thing I said it would cost last week Hus, and um, people are mad about the pick, but Montreal wanted players, you know, so they were going to these teams and it was what you're, you know, listing off their group of top prospects and and nobody wanted to give that up. And I think when you looked at, you know, the first round pick that Winnipeg was offering, the fact that they had been in conversation with Montreal, I'd heard two weeks ago. So that's kind of why, you know, sounded smart last week. Um, You know, that's what happens when the, when the first domino falls you, you start focusing on the next guy and not wanting to get beat out from a lot, you know, from, from another team as we, as we saw with, with the Calgary situation in Lindholm, but um, certainly a great piece. I, you know, I, it's funny because it's a lot of mixed reviews on this piece, right? A lot of people, depending on what you want to, depending on what you want to believe, if you want to lean into a, you know, a guy's injury history and certainly Sean Monaghan has that risk. I mean, this year has been a little bit of an anomaly, He's looked really good. He's, he's been a, you know, a point producer. He's played all situations in Montreal. Um, he was playing really well too, leading up to this all-star break, um, which I'm sure, which I'm sure helped things out. But, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, this guy is, he, you know, he's, you know, then there's the other half that goes, well, you know, he's playing well, everything I just said. So it depends on how you want to look. But a lot of people I've been talking to hockey people, if you will, think that this could be the best trade that the Winnipeg Jets have made, maybe save the Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, trade given the circumstances. And they liken it to a Paul Stastny, you know, situation in 2018. Paul Stastny was, you know, it's it's a, it's a really interesting comparable. I was doing this the other day when I was talking, you know, when I was talking to someone and they're like, pull up, you know, Paul Stastny's, Paul Stastny's numbers at the time. And you look at Paul Stastny and at that time, it's interesting, right? Because Nobody saw it coming, the Paul Stastny. Obviously, that's where this differs. People saw Monaghan come, or at least saw him on the trade board. No one saw Paul Stastny on the trade board. And really, I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that Paul Stastny was certainly on his back nine and was not becoming irrelevant. But you know, was definitely not a guy who was trending upwards. And of course, he came to Winnipeg. He had that great playoff run. He turned that into a deal with Vegas, and of course, came back here and and only really got out of the league a year ago, right? So. Um, Sean Monaghan well he does come with some of that certainly comes uh, comes with some of that risk when you know when it comes to injuries Uh, he's you know he's he's battled them the last couple seasons minus this year and he has had a couple maintenance days rehab days throughout this season just to monitor his health like a lot of players on the Winnipeg Jets but you look at his points they're very comparable and he's 29 years old so you know if 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 uh, Paul Sasney was able to take full advantage of playing between Nikolai Ehlers and, and Patrick Liney at the time, you know, now he gets this opportunity to play between Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti. There's a real opportunity for Sean Monaghan here. And who knows, maybe a potential, you know, maybe a potential future signing. That's getting a little too ahead of things. But certainly I'm I'm with, you know, the people I've been speaking to. Before the trade and certainly after the trade, love what the Winnipeg Jets did with this. Think that he's the perfect guy to fit in that locker room, the perfect mold, um, and that he's going to bring a lot to this team, you know, particularly as we've heard lots about face-offs, power play, that bumper position. But just an overall good guy, good person, you know, someone who can be a leader in that room without wearing a letter. And that's what you want to add at this time. That's what you want to add to any team when you're trying to make a long, deep run.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen. I'll have my hand up. I mean, I said on this program, I thought it was sort of wishful thinking at a, at a time for the Habs to get a first rounder for Monahan. That changed a little bit though when I saw what Vancouver paid for Elias Lindholm on an expiring contract. And it is important to note one of the like we talk about the fit of Monahan in the lineup and what he can do in the faceoff circle and how he'll fit on the uh, on the uh, on the power play. The other thing that is very important to note in this deal, which I think brought more value to Montreal, is his salary, how he fits into the cap. And at a, at a, at a $1.9 million cap hit, Jeff, this is not an addition that completely takes the Winnipeg Jets out of being a player for potentially more. What uh, what do you make of like where the Jets are right now with Monaghan in the lineup, and what might be next for Kevin Chevalier?
2: couple things one the timing is is perfect because you get you know you get more time to acclimatize Sean Monaghan into your system into you know to get to build that chemistry with his line mates instead of just kind of forcing him in there at the trade deadline so you do have those weeks in advance to to help with that process and then to your point Huss I mean um this this was the situation because of his salary um salary as you mentioned under two million dollar cap hit um, this is a guy that you, you can add other pieces that was always, you know, built in, built in with, you know, Sean Monahan in the trade deadline list that we saw across various publications was always, you know, if you want to add him, you can add somebody else. He's not one of those guys that you got to win the lottery. Um, and then you can't, then you kind of hope the pieces fall into place. The jets now, you know, with the, with the, you know, again, a fair cap hit have room. They have room. If they want to go after a defenseman, if they want to go after a, you know, a top six winger, they can do that. Um, if they want to go in at bottom six where they, they just have options. And I think that's a really important part. And really with Sean Monaghan now getting him into the, into the lineup, getting him into the mix, they're going to be able to see leading. They're going to have a better idea leading up to the trade deadline, what it is they actually need right now. They have like, you're kind of working on the fly when, when Mark Shifley was out, obviously Mark Shifley's coming back in, but even with him coming back in, you know, you were always wanting to to add to your depth at center. Now that you've done that, you can see what your look what your team looks like, and you can make better educated guesses on what your team needs. And so, you know, maybe you need nothing. Maybe he comes in and this is what you want and you're adding more depth piece. Maybe you come in here and, and you look at your lineup and you, you and you all of a sudden think, Oh, what if we added another top end winger? Look at the options that we had, right? I think any adding of players now down the line here is gonna result in probably a guy in the lineup going out, but there are some options out there for sure. And, and I think when you're looking now, you're looking at your chemistry, but I also think you're looking at what it's going to take for your team to do a long, grueling playoff matchup. You're looking for experience. You're looking for, you know, in some instances size. Um, so a lot of the, a lot of that, because you got Sean Monaghan, when you got him, you're able to see how those pieces fit, fit into place. And if you need to correct something, even you have that time uh leading up until the uh, obviously the trade deadline come up here in a couple weeks.
3: You know, we'll uh be talking about the blue line, uh Chris Tanev still being out there and the price that might be out there. No Elliot Friedman mm-hmm. speculating said that this was just purely his opinion that he thought that the Winnipeg Jets had you know were one of the teams that were quite interested in Chris Tanev. Um mm-hmm. And, and, and if anything happens, I sort of lean that way, like an addition, you know, on the blue line that strengthens them from, you know, potentially a player like a Tana that could play top four minutes and really add something to the blue line. You know, it allows you to get deeper if another player gets hurt. You've got a couple mm-hmm. more guys. Of course, Billy's going to be available. Um, but Jeff in chat asks, what are the odds that Rucker McGrory joins the team after the NCAA season ends? Could be a big playoff addition. Uh, count me in the camp that expects Rucker to sign and expects Rucker to be a player potentially in the lineup in the playoffs. And again, that's a long ways away, but we have seen this before. He's absolutely killing it right now in Michigan. I know Ken came on a couple weeks ago and we were talking about this and dropped the 90% number uh, that he thinks that he'd be there. And I think he was even hedging his bet. Was that sure? Um, McGrody's such an intriguing. We talked about
2: this last week. I yeah. think he's in it too. I think it's a slam dunk. I I think it would be ridiculous if he wasn't. I think he'll be afforded all opportunity to be part of this part of this group coming into the playoffs. Like, why wouldn't you? I mean, that's what good teams do. And guess what? Winnipeg Jets are a good team. And if you have a guy who's lighting it up in the college ranks and, bring, and and is is built like a man and is ready to you know take some of that momentum into a I don't want to say an easier college season, but Michigan, last time I checked, isn't going to be competing for that Frozen Four. There might be some good opportunity here by the end of the year for them to, for him to come in and, and slide in. But I'm I'm with Kenny, and I you know I said that last week, and I have a I have I have a good feeling that Rick Bonus feels exactly the same way. That this is a guy that you want in your your lineup. You want the energy in your lineup. You want some of that. You know, knowing nothing, but you know what was that? What was it? Jacob Truba? young, dumb, and stupid. You kind of want a little bit of that in there, and that's not to be insulting to Rucker McGorry because by no means is he is he you know unintelligent or doesn't know the game by any stretch. But I I, I do think he would be a massive piece to the puzzle, and if this guy's going to be your future, might as well give him a taste. No one's suggesting you you necessarily make him you know a, a top six guy per se, but I'm not ruling it out either. I think you let the guy come in, see how he you know gels and fits, and if he's He's rocking and rolling. Why not? There's a guy who adds scoring. He adds, you know, size. He's built for the playoffs, um, despite what, you know, obviously is no resume in the NHL just yet.
3: No, and listen, we've seen this happen before. Young players come in at the end of their NCAA season, get a chance to show what they can do and make a real impact. And I mean, this is a guy that ticks off all the boxes, especially for that time of the year. Um, And if nothing else, it puts not that guys haven't been pulling their weight, but puts everybody on notice that there's another guy that's hungry as hell to get in that lineup, and um, you know you got to be able to take care of your own business, um, or you might get you might get lapped, um, and you might find yourself eating popcorn as opposed to being in the lineup. So, Rucker McGrory very very much on the table um, moving forward. Just quick thoughts: Have you heard anything about Tana? I was surprised a little bit that. I mean, and maybe I'm just particularly high on Tanev. Like, you know, when you consider the price paid for Monaghan and the price paid for Elias Lindholm, that, you know, we've heard it reported that the ask for Calgary is a second rounder and some sort of a prospect. I mean, I'll be honest, if I'm Kevin Chevaldeoff and that is out there right now, depending on the prospect, and I guess that's a major, that's a huge caveat, because I think the Winnipeg Jets want to make sure they keep their top prospects moving forward. Um to get a deal done, but I, obvious Winnipeg would be interested in you hearing anything on that, and what do you think it would take to get tan if the Jets were going to be the team that succeeded? because apparently there's lots of interest in him. Why wouldn't there be?
2: Yeah, and if you know I, I read a little bit about him, and he's not, from what I understand, he's not even necessarily like itching to go to a playoff team. like he he would be just as I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, from what I understand, just as happy. Going to a development team that he could play a role in. So I mean, I, I mean, that's, just get that's, me out of Calgary. <laughs> I guess. Like I don't know. Like or you know, not exactly a, a guy you want to add to your playoff, Ross. Of course you do. And I and so anyway, to answer your question, I had heard shortly after the um, shortly after the the trade from Monahan that the Jets were circling back on. But I mean, that's just of course the Jets are circling back on him. I mean, they they they've identified as wanting to to up their deep, you know, their to, to upgrade their defense and. You know, Tanev is certainly a guy who would who would do that and and you know, is built for the playoffs and is, you know, mean and nasty and all those things. And certainly Brandon Tanev, I, I imagine even the scouting report about Winnipeg and and whatnot. so I mean, but it's going to be up to him, of course. I mean, if that's the asking price, you know the part I would be focusing on or or if I was a Jets fan concerned about the asking price would be the prospect. Obviously, second round pick isn't. Uh, isn't a bad one. Maybe the second round pick that the Jets have of Montreal's can be turned into that because that one's looking like it could be a nice second round pick because the Jets second round pick, um, assuming they have one this year. I, I haven't checked the I haven't checked that, but um, you know, wouldn't be, wouldn't be great. Uh, be more like a third, third pick, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I certainly think that's an option. I do think the Jets are looking to add more. I do think they're going to, you know, you, you heard some names out there you know there's some names out there on the draft board I'm sure the Jets would like I've tossed out names like I just think Cam Fowler would be a great pick here it would cost more money here I just think he'd be you know he'd be a great guy to add to the blue line you know I've heard some stuff about like you know more of a more of a more of a bottom six winger like a guy like Jordan Greenway comes up you know I've heard that kind of being talked about in circles and you know, there's just there's names out there, right? There's lots of guys that kind of fit that bill, and it, and the other thing too. And I was talking to a few people about this yesterday. Uh, who knows what Kevin Shovelloff might have up his sleeve? You know, who you know, because we bring up the Paul Stastny trade, and that wasn't even an option before. So what we've noted, you know, even if you look at last season, you know, picking up guys like Nino Niederreiter and and uh, Nemestikov, you know, proved to didn't prove to help all that much when it came to. Um, you know came to a playoff push but it certainly helped their roster this season so I you know I'm curious what other players are out there with one you know one year left on their deal per se or maybe you know guys that they think they could sign so I think it's going to be an interesting few weeks I don't think that the Jets are done whether it's uh, whether it's Tanev or, or somebody else in the blue line or, or another forward I, I do think the Jets continue to add here because I, I just don't think they're done. Yeah. Well, the
3: one thing I'll say about last year's deadline, I mean, the push once you got to the playoffs, obviously we know what happened. But I mean, if you think back to that last month or so of the season, both of those guys played big roles and the Jets were essentially in the playoffs the second that they made that trade.
2: They didn't just of play roles. They, they, set the, they set the bar for play in the last six weeks of the, you know, yeah, last six so- weeks of the year. As far as the push went, they
3: certainly were a big parts. of that. Hey, Brendan Matheson, shout out to you. Thanks for becoming a supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, I I guess just wrapping this up, Jeff, um, what is going to be interesting getting right into it tomorrow is how things look. And listen, I don't think we can judge based on the first game as to how that Perfetti-Ealers combination works or the power play. It might take a little bit. Um, But certainly... He's going to be given the keys to uh, being a big part of that number one power play unit, um, but also playing with Ehlers and Perfetti. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, for folks that have been banging the drum to get Cole on the ice more and Nikolai Ehlers on the ice more, um, I think they're probably, they. I would expect that they'll be uh, pleasantly, um, maybe not necessarily surprised, but they'll like the developments. I think this is going to mean more of those players, especially if they can get off to a good start together.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that is a little bit of a recipe to, how would you say it, restructure the lines the way people think they are mostly, right? And you can make the argument that the Lowry line was the second line, obviously, before all the injuries and he got upgraded. But um, I do think this is an opportunity to get Perfetti more minutes. I thought there would have, you know, you didn't pick up a Sean Monahan. I was kind of surprised that you didn't see some, you know, see some reworking of the third and second line to maybe get him more minutes. And obviously, um, you know, Brick Bonus addressed, you know, that not long ago. I think he was leaving the part out where he didn't quite tr- trust Cole Perfetti. You know, like there are parts that are on Cole Perfetti. It's not just about how th- the game flow, the, you know, the, the the way the game works as far as penalties goes. He doesn't kill penalties, that kind of stuff. There's obviously a want to put on the Lowry line ahead of that line. Now, does that change this line? Uh, does, does adding a Sean Monaghan to that line change it? Um, I don't think it's going to necessarily change overnight. I think there's going to be a little bit of obviously an adjustment period for for Monahan. But if that chemistry can grow, I don't see why that wouldn't eclipse, uh, you know, that third line that is again relied on. I think it's going to come down to is a trust factor. Does Brick Bonus trust that second line, if you will, to play against the other teams, you know, one of their top two lines and be defensive defensively responsible and also be Offensively productive. I mean, this there's a little bit of a point here, right? Like you put a you put a line like Adam Lowry's line against one of the other team's top two lines, and you're going to get the other team is going to play Mark Scheifele's line against one of their top, you know, one of their top two lines. So that would allow for you know skilled players like Nikolai Ehlers and Cole Perfetti to be up theoretically against lesser competition. So you're seeing the results based on some of the strategy here. I think what Rick Bonus probably needs to see, and this is you know captain obvious but like i think he needs to see that responsibility in you know the defensive end to warrant more minutes than his shutdown trio and so i think once you know if that can happen here in the next few weeks then we're probably talking about john monaghan being the second line until then i don't know even you know i get that fans want more time for cole perfetti but the jets are up there in the standings and are aren't exactly doing bad thing. So, you know, the way it's going now, I think it will remain that way, but I think there's always, and I mean, whether Sean Monaghan is on that line or not, there's always an opportunity to prove to Rick Bonus that you deserve more ice time, that you belong in these you know, in these situations, and I think that adding a guy like Sean Monaghan to that line just helps out those other two wingers in making their case to the head coach.
3: Yeah, with you that, listen, the Adam Lowry line is not going to lose uh, any of its importance, and I could also make an argument that the fourth line maybe steps up a little bit more now that Mestikov is there with what he's done for the club. Bottom line is the team's a lot deeper right now. There'll be competition for minutes. But if you are a Perfetti or an Ealers fan that's been hoping they got more time at five-on-five, five, I think there's a pretty darn good chance that uh, that, that happens. Um, Hammer, hang tight for one second. We've got to get to CFL news, but I did want to give a quick thanks to our friends at Little Brown Jug for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Winnipeg's number one local beer now available at all of our sporting venues, including Canada Life Centre. If you're at the game coming up on Saturday night, get Winnipeg's Finest. Grab a generic or a 1919 at Craft Beer Corner in Section 310 upstairs or Section 126 downstairs. And when you're at your local beer store uh, or Manitoba Liquor Mart, keep an eye out for generic lager on sale now, $19.99 for the eight pack of tall boys best deal around for uh, one of winnipeg's best beers my personal favorite from the lbj line of course you can always check them out and visit them down on william avenue at the brewery and tap room and check them out online at littlebrownjug.ca and uh, while it is a little far off summer is coming folks and uh, right now is a great time to start thinking about booking at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Uh, the incredible five-star fishing experience where you are on the water within two hours, including your flight from the city of Winnipeg. And as amazing as the uh, fishing is, um, the hospitality from the Trend family and the Aikens team is even better. Find more out, out more online, as well as opportunities for booking, available dates at akenslake.com. If you want more great picks and more of what Akins is all about, check them out on Twitter or X at Aikens Lake. All right, Hammer, this is a perfect day because I know I wanted to get to all those hockey topics with you, but uh, the tampering period is open. You are our go-to guy on all this CFL minutia, and I'm seeing in chat people are already telling that Jamarcus Hardrick is going to the Riders. Uh,
2: what's the you don't, lat- me. you don't need me. What's the latest? You don't need me. Well, it's the tampering week, right? So a lot of guys are gonna hear a lot of things. I have no doubt in my mind that the Rough Riders are looking to go after Marcus Harjak and likely have probably offered him a lucrative contract. And that's the beauty of these of this tampering week, um, is that it it's kind of it's driven towards the teams. Now, teams have been doing this for years. And so this this rule came in essentially a couple of years ago, a few years ago, to legitimize the as you mentioned has the tampering so but but when they put the rule in it really does I mean while it works in the works in favor of the teams for sure because the teams get that extra week to negotiate with players outside of their you know the players that they have their playing rights for they can offer contracts they can they can start looking at what their what their free agency could very much look like and start moving those pieces around and planning accordingly but the reality is is that the player can go like theoretically jamarcus hardrick could go out there and he can sign eight different deals this week he can put pen to paper and sign and it's got to be registered to the league and it's got to be registered to the pa um but it's only registered that way so that the team can't pull it from you what happens after this week is that it then you know it stops on the 11th so it's early in the 11th so it's two the uh, free agency doesn't open till the 13th so it's like 10 in the morning or something and it stops and then there's 48 hours where the player then gets to and the team get to to look at the deals you know get to see what, what the team's committed and the player then gets to choose or sorry my mistake that next 48 hours you you then only negotiate with your team so now the, in the case of demarcus hardrick is demarcus hardrick say he signs eight deals comes back here Talks to Winnipeg, one last-ditch effort for Winnipeg. He tells him he's got all this money coming his way, blah, 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 blah. And then the day of free agency hits, and two hours before free agency opens, the player has to choose a contract. So he Or he can choose none and instantly become a free agent. So you're going to hear – my point in this is explaining this is you're going to hear – a lot of things this week, you, you know, you, you're going to hear that Jamarcus Hardrick signed with the riders, or you're going to hear with, you know, so-and-so Brady Oliveira is getting interest from this people or, and yada, yada. And, and again, you might even hear that they signed, but these players can sign multiple deals and choose what's best for them in, in, in that later window. I mean, obviously they can think about it in between, but then have to make that decision. So it really is a, a wonky, wild kind of week of, of, uh, of three down news, but Um, you know, we've seen this for a couple of years now. This is really an important, this is really an intriguing time for me because especially when, you know, being a reporter in Winnipeg, understanding, you know, the, the Bombers culture, the, you know, what they're offered here, understanding what other markets offer as well. And really whether you're Brady Oliveira, whether you're Dalton Schoen, whether you're Jamarcus Hardrick, whether you're any of those pending free agents that, you know, the Bombers would, would, would be interested in having back. You now have a decision to make if the Bombers can't match that price how much is it worth it to you to go somewhere else, to go somewhere else where you don't know the locker room, you don't know the culture, you don't have necessarily chemistry with, with uh, if you're a receiver on the offense with quarterback, you, you know, you don't know what their day-to-day, you know, the Bombers treat the players really, really well here. I mean, they get fed a lot. I mean, I know that sounds like, oh, wow, they get fed. No, they get fed every, like, you know, like something like three meals a day all season. They feed their family. Like, there's a lot that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do for the players to enjoy it here. And so that's really where it gets intriguing to me is you're going to hear a ton of stuff about players gaining interest and yada, yada, yada. And while I'm focused and a lot of fan, obviously a lot of listeners on here are focused on the Bombers, I think it's it's so unique to Winnipeg versus any other market because of what Winnipeg offers here. So there's going to be some fireworks. I think the Bombers are going to lose some players that fans are going to be upset about. But that is the reality of being as successful as the Bombers have been and trying to bring everybody back year after year after year. And this is the year it feels like more than any other that they won't be able to do just that. So
3: So just to be clear, I mean, Dunk is reporting right now. I'm reading it jamarcus hardrick agrees to terms with saskatchewan rough riders just because he's agreed to terms with the rough riders that does not necessarily mean that week one he will be on the offensive line for the saskatchewan rough riders
2: correct so like he very well could be i mean here's what jamarcus hardrick's doing jamarcus hardrick went to went to went to saskatchewan and signed a deal over two hundred thousand dollars okay he hasn't it hasn't been solidified he's not a member of the riders he's not a Saskatchewan rough rider he now gets to go to other teams and say if you're interested in the West finalist for most outstanding offensive linemen here's what I got from Saskatchewan what is your offer and you know players don't always chase money um they might you know a team might come in it might raise the bombers offer right the bombers might have been willing to pay him 180 190 and now if he's getting paid over, 200, maybe there's some wiggle room for him to figure out here, right? Like, that's, that's the, the reality of this week. So you're going to hear reports like this. There are going to be guys that sign deals. Whether or not they're with that team will be determined over various conversations and offer offers and counter-offers and whatever. But yes, Jamarcus Hardrick has, you know, agreed to a deal with the Riders.
3: All right, let's focus in on the Bombers right now. What are you hearing about Dalton Schoen and Brady Oliveira, their acts – And the likely their asks, and uh, the likelihood that one or
2: both will be in Winnipeg next year. I've been flopping on this so much, and it's just because that's the nature of this week. Is the information you get is good information? It just changes so often, and so.
3: Before we get into this, let me let let me hit you with this. From Kyle Walter's perspective, and we know every fan is going to have their own take, if they said it's the same money and we can only get one of the two, right now, knowing that Stravler's here, which is probably going to change the Bombers' run game a little bit, who is the priority from a Bombers' perspective, do you think,
2: Oliver or Sean? So it's such an unfair question, Huss, because you're taking money out of the equation here. But you're not factoring in, you know, Brady being from Winnipeg, Brady being Canadian, what that brings. But if you're talking about, I and I don't want to put, I don't want to put, I don't it, want to put, if it's money equal, I don't want to put words into Kyle Walters' mouth because I don't know yeah. what Kyle Walters would do on one or the other. If, I, if all money was equal and it was a fair amount of money or it was a lower amount of money, I tend to lean towards Brady Oliveira, but I'm telling you right now, if it's a higher-end amount of money, I think it's not just the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I think it's nine teams across the CFL covet a receiver like Dalton Schoen before a running back like Brady Oliveira. And that's not because Brady Oliveira isn't terrific, isn't that he doesn't bring a ton to the table. He does. Running backs are just a weird position and I think this is what's so awesome about Brady Oliveira's stance here is that he, and I've written about this for weeks is he wants to reset the running back market. He doesn't want GMs to go into the offseason and have the running backs be viewed as a afterthought. And so if he needs to get his $250,000 with another team and he needs to go there and he needs to get 2000 yards from scrimmage for that team and do it year in and year out at 26 years old because why would anybody rule it against him? He is going to try to do that to change the way people view about view the position. It feels, in a way, bigger than Brady Oliveira. Now, that being said, I do think that Brady Oliveira wants to be in Winnipeg. Like, I don't, you know, this guy is from here. He cares about the city. He cares about fans. He cares what he when the words that come out of his mouth are honest you can tell that but I think it comes down to if the Bombers can even get close right and that's the situation with Dalton shown as well and you bring up a guy like Jamarcus Hardrick the reality is is Jamarcus Hardrick is one of those pieces that needs to fall because if Jamarcus Hardrick goes chases money to play for the other team the one that, the, the the go play, and I'm calling them the other team because that's what Saskatchewan Rough Riders are to Winnipeg. Guess what? That just freed up a shitload of money to send to somebody else. And maybe, you know, the concerns that we have, that everybody seems to have mm-hmm. over Brady, Oliver, and Dalton Schoen get figured out. So to answer your last question, Huss, in percentage-based or, or to see, you know, whether it's one or two, I think it's one. And the one that's going to come here is going to be the one – who really, and this is an unfair comment because it's a business, is going to really, really, really want to be here because it's going to come down to finding the happy medium. It's going to come down to finding a dollar figure that works. It's going to come down to appreciating what you're building here. And with, and here's the thing with, Sh- with Dalton and with Brady that can't be forgotten here is they're young guys. So the pitch, if I'm, if I'm Kyle Walters, and the and i'm making a pitch to these guys is there's going to be money for you coming up take good money from us now take great money from us later and now you can't guarantee everything and i would not if i'm the player's agent i'm not in their ear saying this you know like as a, football seasons don't last forever they only last next amount of years and you should make the money but if it's 50 grand difference versus a team like winnipeg where you could continue to be you know play in front of an o line that winnipeg has play with the quarterback that Winnipeg has in Zach Kolaris to continue the success you've had and continue to build on your success and continue to sign contract year after year after year for good money, that would be my sales pitch to them. Whether that works out, I'm not 100% sure. But since you're asking me to be guessing who I think that one person is right now, I think that one person ends up being Dalton Schoen. You know,
3: as far as what you just said about Brady, who's looking to reset the running back market, um, and hey, I don't blame him. He had an unbelievable season. Um, we talked; many of us thought that he was the most valuable player or most outstanding player in the entire league. Um, so good on him if he can do it. How possible is that, do you think? Because I'm looking at the pretending the un uh, the the amount of top running backs in the Canadian Football League, and they're all free agents.
2: Mm. Um. At a That's certain the other point. part. There's at, bodies out there to replace. You also well, have to think about who you're replacing a, your guy with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And,
3: you know, when I think of, like, if he was the only guy on the market, you've got a much better chance of breaking the bank than if you have four or five other guys that have shown that they can perform at a very high level, maybe not as high of a level as you had last year, that are other options for teams that might not want to sink that much into the
2: position. Absolutely. And then you, then you start, like I said, you start, so say you take Brady Oliveira out of the equation. Okay. He wants, he, he, he signs with a different team. He moves on the sad state of affairs for the Bombers organization. It's a sad state of affairs for the, for the fans. So then what do you do? You start looking at who else is available. AJ Ouellette's available, right? He's an opportunity. He, 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 he's a guy that, you know, might be a, of consideration. Kadeem Carey is an option. You have guys like Chris Strevler, who just entered your fold. And I have, a, I have a good feeling he'll be running the ball this year at points in the season. You have Nick Dembski, who's been added to that line, right? And the success, a big part of the success in that running game has been the offensive line. The Bombers have been able to get back four out of, or three out of five starters. Looks like Jeff Gray will see what happens with that. There's no contract here. You look at other players around in house, I think they probably saved there if that's, you know, if you're asking me and you're not, but I'm asking myself. You have the O line there. You have you know you you have receivers like Drew Olatarsky and Rashid Bailey. Drew Olatarsky is under contract. Drew Bailey, or sorry, Rashid Bailey is not. So where you know are you going to sign him? Is that an opportunity? So all these all these elements of the run game exist and are all important, right? So what? So if you can add an AJ Ulette there, or you can add a Kadeem Carey there. Is the difference is the difference in what Brady was going to get you going to be that much different with these guys? Possibly, you know, nothing against Brady was unbelievable last season, so it's very much possibly. But if you don't get Dalton shown, how are you replacing his yards and touchdowns? How are you doing it? You're going to throw more to Drew Wolitarski? You know, he's you know, are you going to go out in free agency and look for a guy who can lead the league again in 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 in, in touchdowns yards in his rookie season? You know, this guy's, you know, Dalton Schoen, just like Brady Oliveira, I call them clean players. They're guys, you know, they're guys who on Saturday night or on Friday night, you don't have to worry about coming back and having to type up a press release. You know what I mean? These are, <laughs> these, these are guys that you want in your locker room. They give 150%. Like, it's, it's, it's guys that you want. But then you look at Dalton Schoen. How do you replace that? How do you? That's a well, lot of offense. Is it going to be,
3: hey, Danny, Ted? Get back well, to work. And, and, do you have some is, guys that can come in and can you do it
2: again? I, I, absolutely. And that's probably going to be the case for Demario Houston. You know, it's probably going to be the case for Rush End, right? You know, Jackson Jeff Jeffcoat's probably not coming back. You know, Demario Houston doesn't have a contract and he played well last year. That means probably he's not coming back. You know, anyone who doesn't have a contract right now, it's it's bordering on unlikely territory, right? I'm not saying there isn't going to be someone is isn't signed. You know, I can see a guy like, Brandon Alexander signed under the under the wire, you know, those kind of guys. But the guys who are the top-end guys, you know, guys who are viewed as stars, if you will, in this league, are are on the unlikely situation right now if they aren't. But teams are doing everything they can to get them. And I just – I think it's it's going to be fascinating. There's potential. I don't think there's potential. I wouldn't put it at 0%, but I put it close to that, that both come back. Um, and there's certainly not 100% that one comes back. And it's certainly not 0% that neither of them come back. So it is a really up-in-the-air thing, but we're going to get answers on that in about a week. Jeff Hamilton from the Winnipeg Free Press with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Make
3: sure to be uh, following all of Jeff's work throughout this free agency tampering period in the next week in the pages of the Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, just before we go, one more question as it relates to the Bombers, and I guess in some ways CFL free agency, but it's more about something that's already done. Streveler is back. Um, he's such a unique player. We've seen him before do many things for Winnipeg. I imagine they'll want to use him as much as possible. What do you see Streveler's role being for the Bombers um, in comparison um, to other "quote unquote" backup short yardage quarterbacks?
2: I think it's exactly the same role, if not a bit, you know, more built upon. Um, that he had when he was here, right? I mean, he was under Paul at police for that one year in 2019, um, or in both years, I guess he would have been under Paul At police because he was in 2018 and 2019 they won. he was gone. So we don't really know exactly what Buck Pierce has up his sleeve, you know, for Chris Stubbler in this offense. But I have to think he, you know that he would exploit his his strengths and those strengths being obviously running with the ball. so we're looking at the very minimum. You know, a short yardage quarterback on steroids where, you know, I, I, I get that Dakota Prukop is, is athletic and he was a great short yardage guy. This is this is like a linebacker running, you know, like I mean, this is a guy who's going to, I think, factor into, you know, be a great short yardage guy and, and, um, and certainly not be not be any concerns for the club and on, on third and short or any any distance is short. And then you offer, like, you know, we saw this with Drew, uh, Dakota Prukop, right, where he would stay in and run some of the offense. I imagine that would be certainly up for Strubler's, uh, you know, alley. And then I would add different wrinkles to it. Maybe there's certain packages that they have, you know, um, say they don't have a Brady Oliveira. There's probably certain packages that they have. If they're at the seven-yard line, you know, on, you know, on, the, op- on the opponent's seven-yard line, why wouldn't you give it to Strevler to run the ball? You don't even have to hide it. You know, like that's like that's the kind of unique skill set and 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 power that he brings. And so, and now I'm ignoring all the throwing part, really. And I think that I I think there's a, and you know, for good reason there's a you know there's a knock on his throwing ability and whatnot. But this is a guy who went in, you know, this is what we saw in Winnipeg, and he still was pretty good. He threw a touchdown pass in the Grey Cup game. Of course, we saw that pick six when he played for the Cardinals and yada yada. But anyone who tuned in to last year's preseason, I'm sorry, man, but getting thrown in there with literally zero reps at practice and throwing three darts for game-winning touchdowns in a row and having your coach call it the best preseason in NFL history. Like, let's give the guy a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here that he can complete a pass in the CFL, and let's just wait for him to come up here and figure that out. But I think it adds a massive wrinkle. I think it adds, you know, I think it forces teams to just – Forces teams to not necessarily focus on Chris Streveler, but have to go out of their way to plan for him because they know what he brings, they know what he offers. So it's just another one of those wrinkles, I think, uh, for the for the uh, playbook. But we'll see what, what what Buck Pierce has in store. You you know what's funny? I was
3: uh, we were talking about this with a buddy uh, on the weekend, and you know it was part of a bigger conversation as to what the bombers were going to look like. Uh, you know if. Brady Oliveira's gone, and Dalton Schoen's gone, and then we got talking about Strebler. And it was part of a conversation as to where the Bombers go if Brady Oliveira signs elsewhere. And we got talking about Ouellette, and if he was uh, coming in. I mean, the guy is just an absolute tank. Um, So is Brady. And, I mean, listen, regardless of who it is, if you still have a pretty legit running back in that backfield, and Chris Strebler is in in your rushing offense – as long as the offensive line doesn't take a huge step back, which certainly is not part of the plan, although they may have some work to do if Jamarcus is gone. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty intimidating um, challenge for a defense. And I think from Buck Pierce's perspective, knowing that Chris is coming back, knowing what Lapo had done with him in a very unique role in the past, it does bring up some uh, some pretty tantalizing options went for uh, for the offensive coordinator but also even if you lay all your cards on the table and say can you stop us you start with Streveler and a top running back in the background behind guys like Stanley Bryant and the rest of the guys the bombers have up front i mean that is uh that's bully ball and uh, i have a feeling that they uh that that would be something that i think a lot of fans would be very pleased with even if it's not number 20 in the backfield
2: well, I'm I'm also forgetting this. Huss. when I believe the last time Chris Strubler was in this league, he wasn't allowed to be on the same field as as Zach Kolaris. So now that the league has opened up, the two quarterback opportunities. You know, I don't I don't want to suggest Buck Pierce is licking his lips right now. He might be rolling his eyes at the suggestion, but I do think it does at least offer the. How do you, you not know, consider the, that? Well, that's my point. How do you not consider it? What it would look like? What the possibilities are? I mean, that's. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. That would be a very, very interesting wrinkle if, uh, you know, Buck Pierce can can figure out a way to get both Strubler and Zach Claire's on the field at the same time.
3: Hey, uh, what um, uh, what's cooking? I imagine. I mean, you're just going to be all over the CFL news for uh, for the week. Um, um, that's uh, pretty much um, job number one for you over the course of really now right up until the 13th and beyond.
2: Yeah, just keeping my ears to the pavement, and uh, yeah, covering CFL, keeping an eye on, on on NHL and stuff, and got some other stuff brewing in the background that uh, I hope to share with you guys at a later date. But uh, busy week nonetheless, and just looking forward to uh, you know definitely looking forward to seeing all the action in the CFL circles because I think we're gonna I think we're in for a, an interesting an interesting <laughs> week in a bit here.
3: Hey, uh, speaking of football, uh, who's you getting get your nickel on Sunday
2: in Vegas? I feel like if I told you you'd be upset because I seem to be wrong against the uh, when I when I picked when I pick against the Chiefs. I you see the money coming in, it's all on Chiefs. Like it's heavy, heavy, heavy on Chiefs. And so and the line isn't
3: moving at all, to be honest. Re- it the other I originally, way. I originally
2: was with the masses and I felt like the Chiefs were the team to pick. And then then it was like someone threw out some Taylor Swift like conspiracy theory about around the number thirteen and and all that. I don't know if you saw that that uh right you know, whatever. And then, and then all of a a sudden deep
3: into the Swifty streets online. And
2: and, and then Brock Purdy, obviously his number shows up. So I don't know. I just think it's going to be an exciting game. I'm certainly in the midst, uh, I'm in the midst of trying to figure out or finalize our, our plans for, for the big day. So um, yeah, it's just so much going on, man. Just a busy, really busy week in my awesome life.
3: Good stuff, buddy. Uh, Great, great hit as always. Uh, Looking forward to all your work this week in the free press and uh, seeing what you got for us next week when uh, we really dive into it for real.
2: Yeah, right on, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Look forward to next week. And uh, yeah, shout out to the uh, the, the commenters. I, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a busy group there today. Lots to talk about this week.
3: Yeah, no, there's a lot of them here. You uh, always bring them out. Have a good one, dude. And again, happy birthday. Uh, go back and get some rest after your big weekend.
2: Thanks a lot, my man. Appreciate it. Have a good
3: one. Uh, good stuff. All right, there's Jeff Hamilton. Connor Rabchak's going to jump on with us for a little Monday round table. Um, but in just a second, we're going to get you a little bit of Mark Shifley. Who is back in the lineup as well. Um, before we do that, a big shout out to our friends at Royal Sports. Popped into Royal on the weekend. Uh now, and I did jump the gun. Those Super Bowl t-shirts and whatnot, they were not in on Saturday. They expected to get them today, but I will hold off sending you down there immediately until I get confirmation they're there. That being said, this week, there's going to be tons of stuff. There's a whole whackload of Mahomes jerseys that came in. If uh you want to grab, uh, grab one of those. And listen, when you're there, trying to decide on Jets merch going through that place was, uh, was tough. Just getting around to all of it. Um, something to be said. If you're looking to uh, add a little more Jets gear to your collection, get on down to Royal Sports. Uh, tons of NHL merchandise. Great bomber section. NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, international soccer biggest and best hockey selection in town as well of equipment and skates. And, of course, snowboards, boots, bindings, and all sorts of cool stuff on the Kings skate, snow, and surf side as well. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Keep your eyes on their Instagram feed. Give them a follow at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Imagine we'll hear it there first when the uh, Super Bowl gear gets in ahead of the big weekend, uh, the game on the weekend. Shout um, out to our friends at Boston Pizza. No Monday night football tonight. Football sort of ending, winding down. But hockey's back. A couple games, which we'll get to in the cool bet lines in a minute for you. But uh, no wait for the NHL season to get going. Of course, the Jets back at it tomorrow. Best spot to get together with your gang to watch the big game is always Boston Pizza. Ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And if you are staying at home tonight, you can always get the great taste of BP by ordering online at Boston Pizza dot com. Uh, and by the way, we will have another Sport Manitoba. Uh, it takes a community to play event earlier, uh, later on this week. Uh, but with the news coming out of London, um, important to uh, always refer back to uh, the Safe Sport programs and guidelines, um, whether you are a coach, a manager, a player, uh, and it's all there for you at sportmanitoba.ca all right connor's gonna join us in just a sec uh but remo we got to quickly hear from mark shifley before we talk about it with connor um shifley took the break didn't play heading in which i'm sure was disappointing to him but uh all anyone wanted to know was how 55's feeling and uh, coming back after the break
6: yeah, yeah, all good now. The break uh, came at a good time, so it was nice to get some rest and, and be ready to rock uh, come Tuesday. And, and speaking of the break, because of
0: uh, the injury that held you out of those six games, did you treat it any differently, or did you uh, get the metal reset like the rest of the guys?
6: No, I got I got on the ice a couple times. Uh, you know, wanted to make sure I, you know, kind of stayed in rhythm a little bit, and especially missing, missing you know, the time I missed, you kind of wanted to, to come back sharp and, and ready to go, so... Um, you know, still, still enjoyed some relaxing time, but you know, want to be ready for for Tuesday.
3: Yeah, getting ready for Tuesday—that's what the team's been doing the last couple of days. Connor was down to practice. We'll talk to him about that for a little bit of a practice report and more. Uh, here's Shifley on the big news heading. Uh, well, during the break, um, he's got a new teammate, Sean Monahan.
6: Yeah, obviously, great news. Uh, you know, a, a fantastic player, a guy, you know, very, very smart hockey player that uh, you know does a lot of things really well and. Uh, you know we're very very lucky to have him.
0: Sounds like they have kind of a
2: pre-existing friendship too Marcus. And, uh, Sean mentioned that he skates with you occasionally the, during the summer.
6: Yeah, I I the funny thing is I think we roomed together, well we did we didn't, I don't think. We did room together like 10 years ago World Championships in uh in Belarus. So, uh <laughs> it's kind of wild. Wild ride since then. Uh you know played against each other in in, in uh in juniors. You know, he was a 67's guy and he's always a guy I hated playing against. So, um <laughs> You know he's uh you know i see obviously a fantastic hockey player and, and, and like i said before we're That's lucky great. to have him and
3: obviously a great move by chevy there all right so uh his thoughts on the uh, the trade we'll have more on uh what he thinks about the power play in just a second but uh no, it's always fun to see what the guys are up to on the break uh mark Scheifele was asked if he got any fun in the sun
6: i got away i got i got some sunshine and was able to get on the ice too so um, you know, getting getting some vitamin D was was crucial, especially with the weather we've been having right right now. It feels like the clouds are on top of you, but um, you know, obviously, uh, just nice to get nice to kind of do a, do a little bit of everything, and obviously excited to get back at it and get get to practice and and uh, and be with all the guys again and and feel more in rhythm. So that's always a good feeling.
5: Have you
2: been medically cleared yet, though? Yeah. Pardon? Have you been medically cleared yet to play?
6: I, I I don't know I don't know the actual question uh, <laughs> I don't know the, the legal term but I, I I I feel good I'm I'm ready to rock I'm sure that I'm sure I'll talk to the trainers now but
3: um, you know I feel I feel great and and uh, you know excited to get back at it. Last week going in without Mark Shifley and really if you want to look at you know the six games or so that he missed a bit of uh, an offensive drought for the club uh, Scheif talked about uh, just looking for the team to get back to a form starting tomorrow night in pit
6: yeah i don't think it's a, ma- a major change you know got some they got some chances and um you know just a matter of you know finding that chemistry again i think uh you know i went down Gabe went down for a couple games you know you kind of you know it's a different different matchup, different everything so uh you know kind of got guys out of the rhythm a little bit but you know obviously that break uh you know it was a good time to get everyone back healthy and um, just kind of ready to you know, get that chemistry back. Obviously, we have a lot of guys that, that know how to play with each other now and um, obviously bring in Sean and, and, you know, he's a guy that that's just seems like he can kind of mold with anyone. So, um, you know, excited to just to see that and how that uh, unfolds. But, you know, I'm excited to be back with my guys and ready to get rolling again.
3: All right, so there's Mark Scheifele. We've got one more um, that we'll kind of have play leading in. But Remo, just uh, back it up. I was just thinking about Shifley's answer uh, about whether he got some sun. And he said he did, but he also got onto the ice. Do you think a lot of guys went to the gym or jumped on the ice that weren't planning on it because they saw Dominic No Days Off Tondinato throwing <laughs> plates around in that gym in a Dyna Minnesota, far from the sun?
4: Yeah, I think for the guy, you know, for him, like, he's injured and, you know, he takes it seriously. Like, I don't know, like, how hard he's going on these skates, but you certainly want to test it out and make sure you're good. So I'm trying to think, like, where you could go where you're in the sun and uh, can get her on a rink. So, you know, Sean said uh, he was in Palm Beach, maybe somewhere uh, in the Florida area. But um, yeah, Dominic Tononato has putting time in at the gym and he might be the guy who gets sent down as they do have to put someone on waivers to activate Mark Shafley from IR. So something uh, to watch here going forward.
3: Yeah, we'll have news on that. I'm sure tomorrow morning or uh, tomorrow afternoon on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Expect to hear that at some point in uh, in the AM. All right, just before we bring in Connor, we're going to talk about this. We figured this is a clip we definitely wanted to hear. Uh international competition is coming back. We're finally getting best on best hockey. Everyone loves that idea. Mark Shifley as well. He was asked about uh NHL participation in the Olympics as well as the event next year planned. Yeah, for sure. That you know, anytime anytime anyone
6: gets a chance to to represent their country in a tournament like that, it's a it's a huge honor and you know, obviously, would be very lucky to, to make one of those teams, but you know, obviously, it's still a long ways a long ways out. But obviously, very exciting news for for the players in the league, and um, you know, it'll be uh, it be interesting to see how that all unfolds. But um, obviously, that's great news great news for everyone. Is
5: that something you think can really help grow the game on an even bigger stage? Like we haven't seen the best on best with maybe this generation of players, right?
6: Yeah, like you know, the last one was the World Cup, and that was where you know we had that you know under twenty three team. Um, You know, I'm sure everyone's, everyone's looking forward to getting McDavid and, and Crosby on the same team. And, um, you know, I think it's, 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 it's a great, it's a great, great idea. It's great to, to get best on best. I think, you know, we, we've all missed that. And, um, you know, like I said before, there's a lot of, a lot of guys that, you know, really take honor in getting to play for your country, no matter what, what, uh, what tournament or what it is. And, um, you know, it's great for the league. It's great for, for us as players to, to be a part of that. And, um, it'll be exciting to see.
3: All right, there's Mark Shifley and let's get into the triple threat match on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk and welcome in Connor Rabchak. Uh, how are you, my man? What's going on?
7: Doing good. Uh, nerves are ramping up for Super Bowl Sunday, but outside of that, doing great.
3: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You know, the Monday <laughs> it'll it'll ramp up as we get closer to the for big sure. game on the weekend. Do you even remember best on best hockey? <clears throat> like i mean i know you were around yeah. but what like do, <laughs> do you remember the last time the canada's best plays against the rest of the best in the world
7: yes and uh like the sydney crosby obviously golden goal every canadian like not even ho- canadian hockey fans every canadian knows that um and i my dad bought like these dvds of every single game from that tournament you could buy like so I'd have a disc and it would be like Canada's 5-2 win over Russia. And you'd have a disc and it'd be their goal or their round robin loss to USA. And I used to watch those games all the time. Uh, so I definitely remember 2010. 2014 was Sochi. So it was like at 3 a.m., right? Fuck 2 a.m. The, four those, in the morning. Yeah. Um, I remember those games too because I would watch the games with my grandpa and he'd be like waking me up. Getting me ready for the, getting me hyped up when uh, Canada's taking on Sweden and the gold medal. So I definitely do remember. They're some of my favorite hockey memories. Um, and when they announced that, I was, I was absolutely thrilled. You're gonna have a line of like Crosby, McDavid, Bedard. Like it's, it's just video game stuff. It's gonna well, be they so awesome
3: to do it now, Reen, because um, we've already. I mean, you can make an argument that we've already missed out so much yeah. over the course of just about the last decade with not having these players. But from a Canadian, just a Canadian hockey perspective. One of the greats of all time, Sidney Crosby, not getting to play with McDavid, now Bedard's in here. I mean, if they didn't do it now, it was never going to happen. And uh, I think that's part of how excited people are, even for what's going to happen next year, because we're going to finally get to see, uh, you know, really in some ways, three generations of Canadian superstars finally playing together.
4: Yeah, it's been way too long. Um, you know, I don't really count the World Cup just cuz they had the gimmick teams there and and they took away from, you know, Team USA wasn't able to ice uh their best team. So, going back to 2014, that's and that's 10 years. That's way too long. 10 years. That's that's ridiculous. And again, growing up, you know, for me is the 96 World Cup, 98 Nagano, 02 was the top for me and uh, 06 Disappointment. But again, you know, so much fun discussing who's going to make the team, uh, doing Olympic hockey pools, you know, watching the top hockey, not even Canada. One of my favorite games was Russia against Slovakia very late in the 2010 Vancouver Olympics. I believe it we went to uh, a shootout. And I remember it was just so awesome uh, seeing all these great players. So we have this Four Nations Cup, which is, I think, disappointing for some of the great Czech and, and Slovak. Players, you know, mm-hmm. Dry settles that game. Also, you know, he's Germany. But uh, I think you get it started next year, and you can see Canada and USA go head to head, which is what you know we've all been waiting for. But then you have the Olympics, where yes, bring back memories of waking up at four a.m. and uh, having a couple drinks, and inviting <laughs> inviting everyone over. Uh, that was so much fun uh, in 2014, as ridiculous as it was. So the, yeah, I think this is great. And again, you've seen baseball. The success they've had over the last twenty years with the World Baseball Classic, their last two extremely successful, and hockey's just been lagging behind in that area. And they're arguing with the IOC and IIHF about, you know, I think valid stuff. I guess who's going to pay? I got that. I, I, I think valid stuff. Who's going to pay for pay for uh, what insurance and what accommodations? And the most, the one biggest one for me is um, video rights because. Who's seen a highlight here of anything at the Olympics from any NHL player? You haven't. They can't get played. It's going to be the Crosby anniversary of the Golden Goal um, coming up, I guess, later this month. You're just going to see a still picture on TSN and Rogers. You're not going to see a video. And people are going to jack, you know, steal the highlights and tweet them out. But the IOC's got that stuff on lockdown. So hopefully there's more stuff you can use on social media. But was it worth it? For them to not have international competition for 10 years, probably probably not. But, uh, you know, we don't have need to dwell on the past. We can look forward to the future and uh, certainly very, very exciting. And well, can't wait to do our fantasy lineups.
3: Oh, my God. That'll be great. Well, and, and yeah, and speaking of looking ahead to the future, I mean, Schickster just mentioned in chat, would Crosby make the 2026 team? He will 2025, but 2026. I'll say yes on that, Connor. But I will say that the role of Sidney Crosby on that team probably significantly different than his
7: role on the other Canada teams that uh, he's been on in the past. I agree. I think even if he's in a bottom six role, it's Sidney Crosby. Like he he's going to be the captain of Canada if he makes the team. Like that's just that's just written in stone because because it's Sidney Crosby. Um, and yeah, McDavid will be, be twenty nine, I believe. badard will be twenty um or 21 i'm not sure when his birthday is but that's uh i think crosby's kind of a lock just because he's a a canadian hockey legend and uh yeah this like we remus brought it up there but this is how you grow the game he brought up the baseball classic otani trout 3-2 game 3-2 count like that's how you grow sports that's how you reach a national audience um that's how you create like legendary moments in your sport and when it's uh, tie game in overtime and Sidney Crosby scores the golden goal against USA that's like a moment that is in hockey history forever and you, you haven't had that for the past decade because you haven't had best on best the four nations tournament uh kind of a, a cheap out they announced that before they had olympics uh competition so they kind of were just like oh this will satisfy the best on best crowd but now we have both and they're looking to do a schedule where it's like olympics world cup Um, Olympics, World Cup. So every two years will be a best on best, which is nice because, like I said, this is how you grow the game on an international level. Yeah, and listen, I mean, the the, the Four Nations
3: thing next year, I'm fully in. I mean, like the Russians, with what Russia's doing internationally, I mean, I kind of doubt that they'll be back in the Olympics in 2026. So, I mean, that's, no one can do anything about that. If you're banned, you're banned. Like, would it be great to have the Czechs in there and the Slovaks and the Swiss... For sure, but as far as what they can realistically do with NHL players next year, I mean, let's face it—you know, it, all big tournament, better for sure. But if you had just told me that Canada and the U.S. were going to play a best-on-best best-of-three or something, I would be all in on that. So, I mean, listen, we'll we'll take what we can get right now, and we'll definitely look forward to the 2026 Olympics for uh, the next massive, full international tournament with best-on-best. But Reem, you know, he brought up Crosby. I'm not even sure that he'll for sure be the captain. I mean, I think probably be given to him. I could see him potentially seemingly almost pass the torch um, to McDavid, who will probably be. But how about this? When we're thinking about these Canadian, like generational stars, if we want to call them that. Don't be surprised if at some point, whether it's next year or in 2026, we see a line with McDavid centering Crosby and Bedard, sign me up for that. Ream,
4: what about uh McDavid with Crosby and McKinnon? We just saw Crosby and McKinnon on the all star. I'm not, and how does Bedard fit in? Uh, very you know, gonna be awesome just coming up with these combinations. You mentioned Crosby. lots of center depth, yeah, lots of center. Depth, you yeah. know, you mentioned you know, having an older Crosby, it's gonna be. 30, turning to what 37 this year would be 38. Um, what for the Olympics? And I'm trying to think of Scott Niedermeyer, who was you know the older guy on the 2010 team, which had a lot of younger players like Jonathan Taves, uh, Mike Richards at the time, and he was 36 then. So Crosby uh, would be 38. That would be I uh, will have to see how he's playing. You know, it's fun to say now. Oh, Crosby! Now for sure, he's at playing just as good as he's, he's ever played. We'll see how he is in two years. You, know, you mentioned the depth at center. The other te- the area where Canada doesn't have a lot of depth Huss, is in goal. And who is starting Game One for Canada? Are you ready to roll out confident in Jordan Bennington as no. your goalie for game <laughs> Game One?
3: No, you know who's going to be. You know who's going to be the guy. And uh, this is great because I hadn't really thought about him too much. Okay, to be honest, didn't know that he was Canadian. Oh, right, Uh, Aiden Hill. Oh man, Aiden Hill, and Aiden Hill's numbers this year are absolutely insane. Now he has been injured, but like Hellebuck's running away with it this year, you know, because of just how brilliant he's been and how much he's played. But Aiden Hill's numbers in games are actually better than Hellebuck's this year. He's coming off winning the Stanley Cup. He has a 194 goals against average. He's 12-2 two and two, and a 936 save percentage. So I'll give him this. If anybody thought that that was a fashion, a flash in the pan, run to a cup when he played so well, considering he was the backup behind LB when the playoffs started, uh, he's done nothing but strengthening, strengthen his argument. And if I mean, I'm telling you right now, if you had to make a selection
4: as to who would be Canada's goaltender, uh, it's got to be Aiden Hill. I thought you were going to say Logan Thompson, who's played pretty well, but the other guy, I think, making a case for Canada, and maybe you feel a bit uh, better about their goaltending situation. They don't have, you know, Jake Ottinger and uh, Connor Halibut and what Swayman was just in the All-Star Game too. Uh, How about Stuart Skinner, what he's done here with Edmonton since the coaching change, still a pretty young goalie, Hus, uh, but he's in his second season. He's 25, but he's in his second uh, full season. And look, I got off to the rough start here, but it, you know, in January, nine games, nine fifty-three save percentage, one thirty-three goals against. December, nine one-five save percentage, two twenty-six goals against. So the last two months, you know, since the coaching change, he's had some elite elite numbers and i think he would certainly be an option too uh for canada both
3: of the guys i'll take both of those guys above bennington bennington is way way too much of a uh i don't want to call him well he is a bit of a hothead too but you know he just runs so hot and cold i mean if you can get him on a heater can he win you games for sure um but we just haven't seen enough of that and I mean, that is going to be one of the biggest stories, uh, you know, certainly from a Canadian side, Mm -hmm. um, because I think you can make the argument that player for player from the netminder out, Canada is as good or better than all of the other countries. But goaltending is such a big, big part of it. You look at what the U.S. is stacking up with the likes of Hellebuck and Ottinger um, and and really the goaltenders uh, around the world like, you know, you see sorrows i mean the Finns have had great goaltenders the swedes have them and it's so strange because growing up i mean think of the goalies that can that battled for spots in the canadian net um that seems like uh you know well it seems decades ago and i guess in some ways it is um but that is just uh, they don't have the depth there and the goaltending is the one thing that I think does make people nervous. But uh, with what Aiden Hill's doing this year and Stuart Skinner right now, certainly there's some guys at least stepping up to uh, to be part of the conversation that might give Canadian fans a little bit more confidence than
4: where they were a few months ago. Yeah, I'm just looking through the chat here as we bring Connor back in. i see people giving shout-outs to Connor Ingram, uh, who's had a great season. With Arizona, a couple shout outs for LB Hus, And, you know, maybe he does move on and take oh, over. That would be amazing. What if he takes over <laughs> a starting job? I mean, it's in two years. So maybe he's in a third row. It's your boy. Bruce says Sam Montembeau was quietly been very good uh, for Montreal. And he just signed a deal. So we're a couple ways away. But yeah, the goaltending, you know, it's so easy. He's like, yeah, um, you have Hall of Famer. What Ed Belfort as your third goalie in 2002. Yeah. And like, oh, Patrick Wadd doesn't want to go? Oh, no problem. Uh, Marty Brodeur and Curtis Joseph are in. And then, yeah, 2010 is Luongo. They're just lock him in at number one. So the like, goal rich is not quite what it used to be. But if they play, I don't know what style they're going to play. But, uh, you know, all the goalies, I think, are, are pretty solid. And uh, I think it seems like they'll be okay if you got Stanley Cup champion Aiden Hill.
3: Well, I mean, just I, Connor, I was just rolling through his numbers this year, and he did miss a lot of time. But in 17 games, 12-2-2, two two, a 9.36 save percentage. The only guy in the league rocking a better goals against than Connor Hellebuck right now, I believe, at 194. And the fact that he's followed up his cup run with this run right now for Vegas. And listen, credit to Vegas. They're a pretty darn good team with a good blue line in front of them. But you know you're going to have that if you're playing
7: internationally for Canada. Yeah, like their defense score is going to be absolutely loaded. Um, You talked about Canadian fans looking nervous at the goaltending. What about the goaltender who doesn't look nervous at all? Jordan Bennington.
3: Yeah, well, we have just, while (laughs) while your computer crashed, we said we were completely out on him. Like, yeah, he can say he's never nervous. Have you watched him in the last few years? I mean, the guy's a basket case at (laughs) times. I mean, and you can't have a guy completely flake out in that sort of a situation. And, um, I, well, listen, Binnington, he's going to need to play well just to be on the team. But I think they're looking for guys that, you know, and again, Binnington did it big time in 2019. He's been been—he's been so-so at times since then. Um, but again, there's a lot of hockey left to be played. Um, but it does seem like the table's sort of set for a plenty of opportunity for a guy that normally, historically, probably wouldn't be in the mix for Canada to get on that team and potentially play uh because of um just how many top goaltenders in the league don't have Canadian uh, don't have Canadian passports. Um Connor, we broke down the All-Star weekend at the beginning of the program. Uh, what was your takeaway from everything on the weekend out in Toronto?
7: I thought it was great. Like I th- I saw a lot people a lot of people on Twitter, Instagram comments whatever the case was that they thought it was their best or the NHL's best All-Star game in a few years. Um, I like the idea of bringing the celebrity captains in. The whole Michael Buble thing was just out of left field, to say the least. Um, and then the Bones on the bench, man. Like that's that, that you're never, never going to talk about. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Bones said he had a great time. He had his whole family come to Toronto and he said it was a great weekend for him. Connor Hellebuck brought the kids that the Jets uh, posted that it looked like everyone had a fun weekend. I liked the new skills competition and I thought the games were actually pretty entertaining. I didn't get to watch them live, but I went back and watched a bit of the highlights and, and watched the finals. It was entertaining hockey. And it's, that's what the all-star game is for, um, is showcasing the players, showcasing all these, like we talk about best on best. That's what it's supposed to be. I know it's not like they're grinding in the corners and really playing their heart out, but I still think they did a great job, especially with, uh, the new look skills competition. And, uh, bringing the celebrity captains in that brought a lot of people to the game. Speaking
3: of the celebrity captains, Tate McRae probably won the weekend. Um, You know, she, like, I think her star, which was already going like this took, well, she was exposed to a lot of people that weren't familiar with her game and now are, and are probably fans, certainly more knowledgeable of her, uh, um, you know, of what she's doing. And, you know, obviously the fact that, I mean, listen, we're going to be searing. I saw someone say they got to get her for Grey Cup. I'm sure the CFL people are already in her management's ears, trying to make that happen. Uh, and obviously, we saw, you know, her with bones on the bench, which was hilarious. But if she won the weekend as an individual, the league won the weekend for the skills competition. And I, I, I will admit, I before like I hadn't watched it in years, but when I heard what the format was this year and heard the players that were participating in it. I booked off Friday night to go and watch it, and uh, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, that is with the exception of Kucherov not really doing much and getting booed by the fans. Shout out to everyone that showed up to let them know how they felt about that one. Um, it it was amazing. Connor McDavid kind of flexing, showing everyone why he's the number one planet, uh, number one player on the planet. But I think they nailed it so much. Like, this is a format you do not need to touch going forward. And, Connor, other players, as Remus mentioned, Sebastian Ath- Aho, I'm sure Kyle Connor would have been in that situation. Probably a little bummed that they weren't one of the 12 that got picked to be in the skills competition because of what a cool competition it was and going up against truly the best in the
7: game. Well, Hus, another issue is they, they finally nailed the All-Star competition. Like I totally agree with what you what you said there. Next year they're not even gonna have it because they're having this four nations uh best on best. So it's really just how much do you want the players to care about their best on best? Do you want them the all-star game you talked about, Kucherov, he's just kind of there because he has to be, you know, Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um and then the the next year, yeah, they could repeat it, but they're going to, they're going to a different best on best with nations and that'll be super fun. Uh so we'll have to wait another year until we see this again, but I totally it agree. I I it. it might be it too. It might be too
3: because I think and hey, listen, if it's between the skills competition and best on best, yeah,
7: best <laughs> on best. You can leave
3: that skills yeah. <laughs> competition forever. Um but when they do do All-Star festivities, this is going to be. I mean, I think Connor McDavid set the bar. You use the same, the exact same competitions going forward. You'll have a measure for the performances. And um, and Remo, they're at the point now where I have to say, it ain't broke, so don't fix it. Let's do this for a number of All Star games. Build off of it. People are know what's going to expect. And um, I think that's the, that. That's the big takeaway that they finally got this thing right. The players were into it, and it was, uh, to me, far and away the highlight of the event.
4: It wasn't on the Saturday, it was Friday night. Yeah, again, I like what, seeing the players show off uh, their skill, you know, stick handling through the pucks or the little nets, accuracy shooting, a hardest shot. You love seeing their skill, and we just hadn't seen that. And if you m- make it a competition that can get players interested, yeah, maybe you have to put, you know, some money on the line, but I think you, maybe you have guys uh, hungry. Maybe there's some great player on a. ELC, who's interested? Um, but yeah, maybe Connor McDavid comes and he just defends his title and smokes everyone every year. I'm here for that too. But I think you have a lot where you can compare uh, year after year. You make it a marquee event where you know you have you know, eight star, you know, legit star players in. And I actually thought Matt Barzal, if you could hit the puck in those many nets. He might have had a chance there And McDavid. Uh, so fast. The, he was, man, he, I think he impressed... A lot of people in that event. So, uh, really exciting. I think, yeah, more play, I know I spoke at the beginning. Sebastian Ajo said that, you know, he was disappointed he didn't get picked. These guys want a shot at that million dollars. And, you know, again, it's like the home run derby. You only have eight or so players in and give some kind of trophy, some kind of belt, have it mean something. I think it's great. So, for, good step forward. But it is, you know, you get this momentum. And now we don't have for two years, but you do have you know, best on yeah. best talk. I'm no not going to complain. Gonna be
3: complaining. No, no one's going to be complaining. <laughs> uh, getting Canada to play the USA, but you know, more ways to focus on the stars of the game, give fans what they want to see uh, outside a regular season that, you know, does drag on at some points, um, you know, with the uh, 80 plus games on the schedule. Um, Listen. Before we get to, I, I'll say one other thing about the skills competition. It was a very fun thing to bet on, <laughs> and you know, in today's world where there's so many options to uh, put a little sprinkle down on some things, um, it certainly did add. I'm not sure we're ever going to be getting Connor McDavid as a six to one uh, favorite to win or five to one on the skills competition. But we'll always remember this one. I have a feeling he'll be a much shorter favorite uh, favorite next year. Um, listen, we are going to get to the cool bet lines, and maybe we'll just transition into it with this, Connor. You mentioned it is Super Bowl week. Now the teams are there practicing. I think the, the media nights tonight. What? Um, where, where are you at now about the big game with your Niners being a, a slight favorite to uh, win the championship against uh, Mahomes and my Chiefs?
7: So <laughs> quickly before I answer, what is the line now? Uh, it's it- been two. It's been two all been weekend. Two? Okay. Uh,
3: and again, I, I don't think anyone, very many people, are going to be betting the point spread on this game. Um, but the money line, like the money line has gone towards the Niners for the last little bit, which is interesting because it seems like more of the money is on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but the Niners are at minus 128 right now. And the Chiefs is the biggest number the money line's been in at plus 113 all week long. That being said, we're not talking about a massive favorite by any stretch of the imagination. The spread's been one and a half or two points pretty much uh, ever since the matchup was uh, put together.
7: Yeah, and I, I'm going to be incredibly nervous heading into the weekend, no matter what. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Just feels like they have this plot armor around them where they just can't lose. Um, so I, I'm incredibly nervous. And yeah, they're they're favored. They're slight favorites. I take that as a coin flip. Um, but yeah, I, I'm feeling good. The the Niners today, they're a little distracted. Apparently, according to some of the, the local beat writers there, they, they're not happy with their practice field. They're practicing at UNLV, and apparently it feels like they're practicing on a sponge. That's what Adam Schefter is saying. That's what the local reporters are saying. So I don't know what they're going to do, if they're going to keep practicing on a sponge, quote-unquote, um, or if they're going to move them to a different facility, but um, I don't like to hear that, the fact that the team is, you know, Elsewhere, melt mentally on on the Monday, but you know, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I I still am feeling confident. I'm I'm trying to go into this with confidence, but it's really tough given the opponent and the quarterback on the other. As side. a Chiefs fan, it has been like nothing warmed my heart more than
3: seeing the pictures of the entire Raider locker room redone <laughs> in red. <laughs> And the uh, Chiefs thing going over the Raider logo in the end zone, and again as the AFC team, they're getting the Raiders practice facility, which um, obviously a little bit nicer than what the Niners wow. are dealing with over at
7: yeah. uh, over at UNR. Or King Mahomes, hey. King Mahomes. Well, the, the NFL will do anything; they'll bow down to that guy. So it's sure, not, it's
3: nice that you're properly showing him the respect that he deserves as the guy. That being sarcastically. said, sarcastically, not due to anything, <laughs> AFC host. And uh, AFC team gets the uh, gets the home uh, the home spot. Um, why don't we quickly get to the cool bet lines? As I mentioned, we kind of kicked around some props today on the lock shop. Check that out over at the uh, um, uh, Edmonton Sports Talk channel. And actually, next few days, and again, we go live on the lock shop at noon, uh, leading into Winnipeg Sports Talk over at Edmonton Sports Talk. Uh, but Dusty and the fellas are doing all their shows from Vegas this week. Hooked up a little deal with the uh, airport, so um, they're going to be—they're not on Radio Row. They would have done if, if they'd known this opportunity existed. When uh, in advance, they would have gotten set up there. Uh, but I believe they're going to be doing their shows from the Park MGM. Um, so, anyways, it'll be fun to kind of get into Super Bowl week with the guys there. Uh, so that's the next three days. Um, and there's also if you follow me on Instagram at Hustlerama or Twitter. The folks at CoolBet have a great contest. Very simple. All you need to do is follow CoolBet and myself and put in your score prediction. And uh, whoever nails it, I'm going to put together a nice package of a CoolBet swag for whoever wins. So that's up right now on Twitter or X and Instagram at Hustlerama. You'll find the link. Uh, Follow accordingly with your prediction. As we mentioned Cool bet lines right now. Nothing's changed over the course of the weekend. The Chiefs plus 113. The Niners minus 128. The total has not moved at all since the the uh, the number was dropped at 47 and a half. And if you do want the uh, if you do want the point spread Niners, two point favorites. One other note, and this was something I was quite anxious to see and get on, uh, Jarek McKinnon has been activated from the IR. Uh, He's returning to practice. He'll be good to go for the game. And he has been added to the anytime touchdown scores at plus 550 right there with Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Knowing Andy Reid, McKinnon is such a versatile player. There'll be a few things in the playbook for McKinnon. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the house again like he did last time against the 49ers when they played in the big game. He had that insurance touchdown uh, as part of that big 21.4th quarter rally that got the Chiefs over the uh, over the line. Uh, NHL tonight, we do have two games. Avalanche and the Rangers, pick them. Minus 108 on each side. And the Islanders in Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. Islanders plus 136. That's come down a little bit. It was plus 142, I think, when we did the lock shop. And the Leafs minus 160. Connor, I'm interested in these games tonight in that, you know, both Toronto and Colorado, uh, their top players had very, very busy weekends. Obviously, Barzal was there and Shesterkin was there, although I don't think Shesterkin's playing. I think Quick's going tonight. Uh, But I'm always wondering how these teams are going to look, especially a team like the
7: Leafs that had a much busier weekend than just about anybody else in the league. And yeah, they had four players there. Like it wasn't like they had one representative. Uh They had <laughs> the core four. Well, I guess lots not hosting, John... lots of partying with their boy Biebs. Lots. The The mind is elsewhere. Hus. The mind is elsewhere. Um, I'm definitely interested to see it too. Also the fact that these are just two really good games, like Colorado versus New York in New York. I'm just excited to watch that as a hockey fan. That should be a really good game. A lot of all-stars in that one. And then, Toronto against another team fighting in the playoffs uh in the east there in the Islanders so this is going to be a good night back uh, in the NHL only two games but two really good games get to focus on them and uh yeah that yeah. Th- those are my thoughts on it
3: looks like uh, Rogers uh, Sportsnet has the uh, Islanders Leafs game and listen there's always the Tavares versus the Islanders it doesn't really matter in Toronto it does when it's on Long Island but the Islanders had lost three in a row going into the break. They are on the cusp of um, really being in a tough spot for playoffs. Huge game. We'll see what Patrick Roy has uh, has for um, for the Leafs tonight when his team gets back at it. Um, we did. So we were talking about this in the lock shop, Reem. We were kind of thinking that now this might be a nice play for the Islanders as the underdog, considering what we just talked about with the Leafs, maybe the Rangers as well. Uh, with how busy Colorado was we uh, we we originally put in the uh, it's plus 355 on an abs uh, or sorry excuse me on a Rangers Islanders parlay Um, so we talked to the fellows over at uh, Cool Bet and I believe they hooked us up yeah the New York New York parlay Rangers and Islanders both to win they gave us a nice little boost from plus 355 up to plus 400 for tonight, available in the Coolbet
4: exclusives. Where are you at on these games? Yeah, I was going to say go Islanders. The Leafs had a busy weekend, all their key players. They obviously don't have to travel for that one, but seems like uh, All-Star an all-star game hangover uh, type of one for the Leafs, so we'll see how that goes for them. One note here for Colorado, making his Avalanche debut tonight, Zach Parisi, uh, free agent signed. And you're seeing some of these teams. What Colorado bringing in a veteran player halfway through the season? Parisi, Bill Kessel. Is he gonna get uh, gonna get signed? I think some other team brought someone in, didn't they? I forget. But uh, interesting to note, you know. Yeah, yes, he the oh, yeah. yeah, Penguins. Yeah, yes, he played. Well, he signed a he signed a PTO with their AHL team, so now he's on the main squad for two years. So that's got a guy who got brought up. So we'll see Zach Parisi tonight. Uh, in the lineup for Colorado and I think they needed some forward depth and we'll see what he's got you know what he's got left in the tank here
3: well and, and you know Connor I mean part of the um, part of I think that the Jets part of the equation of the Jets doing the deal when they did it for Monaghan had partly to do with Vancouver moving early and the price that they paid for Lindholm but we cannot forget the Colorado Avalanche have been looking for help at center. And, uh, you know, you got Nakushkin out right now. Um, Ryan Johansson playing on the third line. Like, right now, that team has Ross Colton playing in the middle of line two with Miles Wood and Logan O'Connor. I mean, that's not the Avalanche team that we remembered. And um, no surprise that the Avalanche, one of the teams mentioned in uh, – the sweepstakes, if you want to call it that, to uh, get the services of Sean Monahan, and probably made it a lot easier for the Winnipeg Jets to part with that first round pick to get him to the Peg now, and not have him go to a potential rival in the division.
7: Yeah, like the market just isn't really there for centers. I mean, there was Lindholm, was the number one target on every single board, then Monahan kind of filled in behind him, and then Adam Henrique. His name is out there as well as another center option, but the market is just kind of slim on centers. So as soon as the top domino falls, then home goes the jets swoop in and get Monahan, And I really like that. That might be my favorite part of the deal is the timing of it is the fact that Chevy didn't wait for the last center available on the market. Uh, he went and got his guy and it was 35 games till the end of the season rather than 20. If they had traded for him on deadline day, I really like that this extra 15 game stretch He'll be ready to go for the playoffs with chemistry if he stays with Perfetti and Ehlers, or if they switch up the lines, whoever whoever that may be on the top power play unit, which we know the Jets desperately need help there. But I really like the timing of the deal. The center market was thin. As soon as Lindholm went, you knew Monaghan was probably going to be in the coming days, at, at least in the coming weeks. And uh, yeah, the Jets swooped in and I, I really like the timing of the deal.
3: Yeah, we might have two debuts tomorrow: Monahan for the Jets and Yessi Puliaryarvi for uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, well, listen, I mean, uh, you know, we might have to get you on uh, later on on Friday's show as well. To uh, there's going to be a lot of Pro Chiefs banter, probably from a certain host on this program for the next few days, and uh, I think I'll be able to kind of kick it off with Remus, but. Maybe later on, Remo will have hacks on. On I'm sure heading into uh, the uh, the Super Bowl on Friday. As I got an afternoon flight, I'll be uh, ripping out. But uh, we'll have some speaks before the big game, Connor. But uh, don't wake up too many times in the middle of the night just thinking about <laughs> smiling Patrick Mahomes.
7: Well, what's this whole deal with uh, Taylor Swift and the number thirteen? Like, what's the number? What's Brock Purdy's number? Just... Thirteen. Well,
3: that's bad news for him.
7: Oh, is that bad news? I thought it was. Bad I thought it was her lucky number. It is,
3: and it's this well, is going to be her thirteenth Chiefs game of the year as well. Oh, and it's also Super Bowl fifty-eight. What's five plus eight?
7: I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Hey, listen.
3: Before we go, uh, Reem, I just saw Isha Boy Bruce That's in funny. chat. Saying, got to mention Cody Rhodes getting screwed. Hashtag We want Cody.
4: Now I know you don't
3: follow it no, as closely, uh, but
4: did you, are it. you on? Are you on top of this? This is my timeline. This weekend, it's Tate McRae yeah. at the All Star Game. Shane Gillis clips. He's hosting SNL. And yes, uh, Cody Rhodes. Hashtag We want Cody getting screwed by The Rock. I'm enjoying all these memes, and I don't know if we're back in the days of. Rocky, my via with the Nation of Domination. We're supposed to hate him or we're supposed to want to watch The Rock uh, against Roman Reigns here. But Cody Rhodes earned that title shot at WrestleMania by winning the Royal Rumble. And they're taking it away from him and he's giving it to The Rock, who thinks he can just waltz in as head of the company and go right to the top. I'm seeing a lot of comparisons to what Hulk Hogan used to do back in the day. Uh, I'm seeing some hilarious memes on, on Twitter. Uh, So I don't know. People are pissed. I'm actually very intrigued at what's going to happen tonight on Raw. But uh, this is kind of where you get if you're a casual wrestling guy, you kind of get back into it around the Royal Rumble. Very exciting event and WrestleMania as well. So I'm curious what they're going to do. And there's so much back stuff going on like this is just overshadowing all the stuff with Vince McMahon and the lawsuit. Stuff which we're still paying yeah, attention to, not, not as well. not the
3: worst thing for the WWE yeah, to be happening
4: right now. But uh, I am interested to see what they're going to do here. As seem like the fan base is revolting over finally getting this Rock Roman Reigns main event that you've been waiting for for a while, but it's just not coming at the right time and yeah, in the right and, way.
3: And I and I don't know. I mean, like with a lot of things, like you know, you like if you, if you just judged Jet fans, for instance, on what mm-hmm. you hear from Jet fans on Twitter. It is quite different from when you just talk to the loud people on Twitter as opposed to go to your local bar and talk to a dozen people about the Jets. I mean, it's a different conversation. The IWC, as they call it, the internet wrestling community, has to be one of the most, um, shall we say, demanding groups uh, on the internet. I mean, they have their takes, they go hard on it, and like everyone was pissed off that Cody didn't win last year so it was supposed to be. And I mean, to their to their defense, the whole theme of the Royal Rumble, they kept on talking about finish the story. That yeah. was the thing that they didn't do last year. And then on Friday night, Cody goes, No, I'm coming after you. But not at WrestleMania. Because The Rock's here! <laughs> he comes <laughs> in to do it. it was, I was blown away. I was blown away. So, uh, Bruce, I hear you. Well, we'll see. Maybe they'll do something on uh, on Raw yeah. tonight. But they are risking. And the thing is that those internet people, those are a lot of the people that travel to WrestleMania. I mean, they're the most hard-o of the hardcores. Mm-hmm. That entire narrative is out there right now. And I do wonder if they're thinking, mm, maybe we screwed up. Although... When you're at the building, if you're watching on Friday night, and I think they were in Alabama, when The Rock came out, they weren't going, oh, Cody's getting screwed. They're going right on. The Rock's here, and he's going with Roman Reigns. So I don't know. We'll see. But uh, you're, you're exactly right, Remus. All of this discourse is perfect for the WWE right now because people aren't talking about what a sick... Bleep! That Vince McMahon is and everything yeah. coming out of that lawsuit.
4: The so the video on YouTube of uh, The Rock coming out on SmackDown, the most disliked video uh, that WWE's put out, and I think they're po they're, they were showing the videos at house shows on the weekend. The Rock's getting booed, and I think you no, know, they thought the fans <laughs> would rally behind Cody, but I don't know if they thought they'd turn on turn on the Rock. So I'm curious. Uh, How this is—that's the
3: ultimate test, I guess, of how popular Cody is.
4: Yeah, so I'm curious. As long as it's
3: not that bum, CM Punk. If you ask me, that's uh, my—that's my take on this. Um, anyways, well, Bruce, we'll uh, check out Raw tonight. Maybe we'll have another end of the show report on what happens (laughs) uh, happens this evening. Tomorrow, though, um, gonna be great. We're uh, gonna—we hopefully we'll get some audio from the morning skate. Uh, we're going to get a chance to see Sean Monahan's debut with the Winnipeg Jets, taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And again, your first chance to see Monahan wear number twenty-three, the historic number twenty-three of the Pony Boy Alexi Ponikarovsky, for the Winnipeg Jets this coming Saturday, six PM start. Sidney Crosby in the house, fill that building for that one, and get your tickets if you haven't already. T. Napoli, what did McMahon do? Uh, yeah, uh, look it up. Uh, we, it, some of the stuff to be honest is just too disgusting to even mention on this program, even though we're on the internet and not bound by the guidelines of the CRTC. Um, don't forget our cool bet exclusives up Rangers and Islanders tonight, a plus 400. And if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST for a, uh, uh, for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on uh, your deposit. And again, we will take more in the comments afterwards. Why not question of the day, now that you've had a couple of uh, days to think about it, where are you coming at on the Monahan trade? Lots of Monaghan reaction coming into Winnipeg Sports Talk throughout the weekend, and we always do that through the why not question of the day for the gang at Not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGillivray. Um Connor, great to have you back on the program, buddy. And uh great stuff with Jets this week. You were really given a gift from Kevin Chevelday, much like we were for the record-breaking Friday show. Uh it would have been uh breaking down 10-minute performances in All-Star games, but in fact, you uh, did Chevy get the hardest working Jet for the weekend? <laughs>
7: <laughs> I actually I actually considered <laughs> <laughs> uh that would have been good. I I did consider doing still like a hardest working jet and three stars, but no I scrapped it. I I just talked about the Monahan trade, but definitely go check it out. My thoughts, I even included some clips from Chevy from Bonus, their thoughts on the deal. But yeah, absolutely given a gift. I I slept in Friday and I woke up my phone was like blown up and I was like great. Of course, of course I slept like in. I didn't miss the official trade. I didn't sleep in that long, but um. Yeah, I was a week off, slept in, and yeah, given a gift from Kevin Shovel out. So thank you.
1: Well,
3: I'm sure you'll be sleeping a lot better last Friday than you will be all week because yeah. Okay. waiting on Sunday afternoon. Uh, folks, it's on the YouTube channel right now and on the podcast. Check it out, the latest Jets this week with Connor Rabchak. And uh, we're back at it tomorrow. Game on in Pittsburgh. We'll be all over tomorrow. Mike McIntyre will join us from Pitt as well. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then at 1 o'clock right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thanks so much to everyone that joined us. If you haven't already, hit that thumbs up on the way out. And definitely make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Check out Jets this week and join us tomorrow at 1 right here on WST. Have a great Monday night.
0: Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home!
1: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily.